each one except for the woman have had encounters with the Bigfoot, and, oh. or with with a Bigfoot because it's a with species. A Bigfoot. Yes, because there's more than one. And of course, there's Harry and the Hendersons. <laughs> there's home. Ho- hey, Homer's Homer. 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 <laughs> oh, this is perfect. I don't think it's good for this one though. I mean that that's as good a way to start as any. So. Welcome back to the show, everybody. I'm Kevin. I am Rachel. This is Shelf Life, a podcast that is going through all things culture to determine whether or not they have shelf life. And we're talking movies, TV, comics, games, sports, sports entertainment, books. I think that's everything. Probably more. Uh, and more, 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 <laughs> and more. <laughs> but we come back to you from the previous episode. We have been going through step by step through season one of our favorite television show, The Simpsons, and going episode by episode. We deep dive uh, into excruciating detail on this show to bring to you the best in what we can determine is shelf-worthy and has shelf life to allow you to understand whether or not it belongs on your shelf, both physical and digital. So Rachel, we've gone through the first four episodes. Where do we stand uh, as far as The Simpsons goes? Where are we at? Where are we at in the season? Yeah. So we went through Simpsons roasting on an open fire. That's right. Bart the genius. He is. Homer's odyssey. And there's no disgrace like home. So if you did not catch the last episode where we went through this first season, please feel free to go back and, and listen. We also no went through the history. We also went through the history of, of how the show was made. Yes, yes. Uh, I thought a subpar episode. Poor performance by us. <laughs> subpar. Very poor. Yeah. Four hours yeah. long. It's not four hours. <laughs> I mean, we might have talked for four hours, but I don't think after the after the edit, it's four hours. No, no, no. We talked Who for knows? six hours. After the edit was four. Oh, oh, okay. That makes more sense. Right. <laughs> Look, I will, I will say it. I'll say it in every episode until people understand. We make these shows for the long haul listeners, those people that need it, and because this is what we do, and you can't stop us. But yeah, we might as well get started with today's first Simpsons episode. It is called Bart the General, and it aired on February 4th, 1990, written by the Simpsons great John Swartzwelder and directed by the Simpsons great David Silverman. So before we we start talking about the episode, I think we should probably talk a a little bit about about John, John Swartzwelder because this is the first time we've seen him as a writer. One thing to note about how The Simpsons writes, it's it's a writer's room. I think a lot of television shows are, and this is probably the first series that I had on DVD. We, I think we talked about that in the last episode. Um, this was like the first thing I ever got on DVD, was the first season of The Simpsons. And growing up, or when I was a kid, I would watch the episodes, and then I would watch all the episodes with the commentary on. And they make John Swartzwelder seem like a legend in all of the commentaries, because they make... The way that he comes off is he's like this recluse, libertarian guy, almost like a Ron Swanson, where he he's like, 
all of the rest of them were like these Harvard liberal educated people that like wrote for National Lampoon. John Swartzwalder was like a crazy man, <laughs> <laughs> but just insane <laughs> that they found off the street. But like oh, uh, there so. is a there is like a whole story about Sam Simon and James L. Brooks finding John Swartzwalder <laughs> and having him write for the show. He writes a bunch of novels now, which apparently are very, very funny. His episodes tend to be more on the goofier side, much quicker when it comes to the jokes. And even in this first season, the the shows where Swartzwalder is writing them, there are a few. There's references and they're goofier. But there's also things that, like, the writer's room had put in that aren't necessarily Swartzwalder. But, like, that that was his... I always think of it like the framework. You know, Al Jean and Mike Reese have a sure. framework. Sure, sure. Uh, Schwarzwalder has a framework. So uh, that's a little bit about him. He is, uh, he has this, I think one of the stories they told was he used to write in this diner and he would smoke <laughs> in a particular booth. Okay. And when California banned smoking or wherever he was living, I don't think he actually lives in California, but wherever he was living, uh, banned smoking, he bought the booth. Oh my so God. He could smoke at home. <laughs> He literally took the booth home with I him. I mean, that's, that's the amazing. story that they tell on the commentary. So that's that's what we're I want, working I with. I want we... that. I want to have my own booth that I get to just buy and take yeah, home I buy with a, me. I buy a booth. Um, so that, <laughs> but that's that's the idea of the kind of person that we're working with when we talk about a John Swartzwalder script. And you get that. We have two of them coming up here. This and the call and call the Simpsons. And you you can see the similarities. They're usually Barton Homer centric, etc. Most so, of these have been, anyways. Most of these have been. I mean, we're going to get, we got a Lisa one coming up. True. And there's a Marge one coming up. Oh, that's right. Yep, that's right. And I can't remember what what the one episode is after Call of the Simpsons. I can't remember, but. The Tailhead. Tell, tell oh, another Bart I didn't know if you one. wanted yeah, me so to we've tell got, you. We've got a couple Bart ones <laughs> and a Lisa one. Yeah. The, the Tell the Tell the Tell head. The Tell the Tell the head. <laughs> So, should we deep dive into Bart the General? I think we should. Okay. Let's do this. And we should get into this right away because there are no opening credits uh, in this episode. It's weird. There are no opening theme (laughs) because the episode is so long that they don't have time to do the opening theme. So it goes straight, it does the clouds, and it goes straight to the Simpsons' house. Yeah, maybe that's what I should do for us, too, when we go too long. (laughs) No no theme? Just no theme whatsoever. <laughs> but anyways. So anyways. Uh, so we, we end up in the Simpsons house, and Lisa is making brownies for her teacher's birthday. And she's going to take them to school for Miss Hoover, who I don't think we've met yet, but it's Miss Hoover's birthday. And Bart is calling her a butt kisser um, and all sorts of names, teacher's pet, and which she is. But I think a little bit of it is is that he just he wants a cupcake and Lisa won't give him one. Well, of course that's what it is. But the the highlight here is that Homer tells Bart that a little brown nosing goes a long way, and that's you know <laughs> greasing greasing the wheels gets, right. gets stuff done. Like his, his life lesson is to to do a little bit of butt kissing every now and then. Uh, and Lisa denies that that's the goal, but that's Homer's takeaway right not a bad life lesson for all of you out there if you take anything away from this right now is that a little butt kissing goes a long way (laughs) yes i 
took the lessons i mean dad taught us almost the opposite which was question everything yep and then (laughs) and then it reinforced by having grown up in the attitude era of pro wrestling with stone cold steve austin so i was doomed because i took the lessons from those two of like no question authority and it should have been homer's advice of no dude just just do a little butt kissing Homer doesn't even believe that, like, that's what Lisa's doing it for. He does, like, a little Homer laugh. You know, one of those, <laughs> which I always, I always Almost like Dr. Hibbert Homer there. <laughs> it was a little, it was close to Dr. Hibbert. But Bart and Lisa go on the bus, and Bart goes on a, a, a bit of a rant, too, and he's, he's insulting her because he just cannot get over the fact that she will not give him a cupcake. Mm-hmm. So she, she basically makes some kind of gravel for it. Right. And kind of do like, a, you know, how, how nice am I? And stuff <laughs> like that. Do you think she was actually going to give him the cupcake? Yes, I think she was actually going to give him the cupcake. Because <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of those things. It's a sibling. So, you, you know, you just kind of torture him for a little bit and then you give him the cupcake because they're still your sibling. Yeah, because, I mean, she got out of him what she wanted, which is for him to say that she's the best or she's smarter or whatever. Exactly, she's, yes. He, he says. That's what I would um, do. So he has the little sister. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know if you ever made cupcakes and I like needed one. I don't remember. If anything, but... you would have just went and took taken one anyways. And... Oh yeah, screw you. <laughs> take one your back. But he, she has him close his eyes to give him a cupcake, and as she's doing that, the school bus hits like a bump, and one of them falls on the floor, and uh, she shoves it in his mouth, <laughs> which. Like, look, if a piece of food it, falls on the floor... No, no, no. I'm, it's a floor of a bus. No, I, yes, that's what I'm getting oh, at. Oh, okay. If it's my kitchen floor and I know how clean or dirty it is, I'll pick it up and eat it. Oh, if yeah. it's like a slice of pizza and it falls face down, or a cupcake and falls face down, probably not. I, I might have to, like, wipe a layer of the... Yeah, you'd have to do the, something the to The frosting it. off or something. <laughs> Because it's sticking then. Like, stuff is sticking Exactly. A bus floor, though? No. It's gone forever. No. That's, that <laughs> is straight in the trash. That's not even straight in the trash. That might be, like, a trash compactor. Like, we need to get... We need burn to it. Burn it. <laughs> burn the cupcakes. Burn them all. Yes. Burn the cupcakes. <laughs> I mean, it would be one thing. It's one thing if the cupcake miraculously falls base first on the on the floor that would be miraculous but i i think a a cupcake is naturally top heavy it's not gonna fall base first it's gonna fall icing first i think we need to do some screwed i think we need to make some cupcakes and test this theory you think this is a mythbusters i think it is a mythbusters cake right here it's the it's the it's the uh it's the peanut butter on the toast one that they did They did a peanut butter on the toast. Isn't cake? that what they did? Like bread with peanut butter on it with the five second rule? I don't know. It was something <laughs> oh, stupid. Oh, yeah. I think they did do a five second rule thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is more about the um, the buoyancy of a cupcake. <laughs> the like, physicality if you drop a of cat, it. It'll always fall out. It's, you know, like I wanted to know the same thing about a cupcake. Yeah. How many cupcakes I mean, the... need to fall in order for it to stay on its on its right side? That's right. Yeah, what's the percentage of it falling right side up? <laughs> this is also part of chaos theory. Maybe uh, Ian Malcolm has done tests on cupcakes in the same way that he does tests on if the water drops off of your hand. Because <laughs> it's, it's, you never know which way it's going to go. No, anyway. you don't. So anyway, 
they end up back at school. Lisa, oh, Lisa does hand one out to Otto because Bart tries to get Otto on his side that right. Lisa won't give any cupcakes up. And she does make a, a cupcake for Otto. And mm-hmm. I don't think at the last episode we talked about Otto, but he has been in, in previous episodes. Oh, yeah, that's true. So Otto Man, who I can't tell if they thought he was going to be a bigger character Whoa. or not, but he's the school bus driver who's just a stoner. I, yeah, um, that's it. And that's pretty much the extent of him. And they really... <laughs> so we've talked about Otto moving on. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's kind of true. Like, they don't really have, like, a lot of for him to do. I think he's just supposed to be, like, somebody that Bart thinks is a cool adult. Right. But doesn't realize that he's kind of just a loser. Yeah, I think so. I think that's exactly what it is. Because he's the one who wanted, who has the tattoo that Bart wanted to get a tattoo because of. Now I drive the school bus. <laughs> <laughs> so... That's his thing. So they he, they they get to school and Lisa is passing them out to people in her class. She's passing them out though, like in front of the school. Like Which is, yeah, her... that seems like kind of odd. Like just wait until you're in the classroom. Yeah, I mean you're gonna make other kids feel bad. They're not all. In yeah, now you're just class. now you're being an ass. <laughs> now you are being. Well, like... maybe she gets what's coming to her then. Uh, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> I'd hate to no, say I that think, though. I These think guys are bullies. Be... I don't like bullies. It could be a factor of in 1990, maybe it wasn't, a, maybe you weren't allowed to bring, because like now you can't bring anything in because of kids with food allergies. Uh, yeah. Which, you know, you, you kids are ruin it, ruining it for everyone. Damn but, you. <laughs> damn your allergies. Your poor genetic. Eat some peanut butter when you were a baby. Anyway. <laughs> um, I'm kidding. Kind of. But. <laughs> no, they didn't think you were kidding at all, Kevin. They're thinking you're being totally serious. I've seen Twitter. They always think everyone is being totally serious. Well, yeah, that's also just words and not actually talking. No one, no one, is, no one understands sarcasm when anyone. Yeah, sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> there has to be like a sarcasm button, or like you know how it's like italics or something like that. You, you gotta, you gotta be able to like yeah, set it as should. sarcasm. Yes. yes. When AI becomes better, you'll be able to get like a sarcastic. Maybe it Caption. like yeah, maybe it like puts like a whole like border around it or something. <laughs> but she's passing out cupcakes on the front lawn of the school, and one of we we meet this toady comes by and swipes the box of cupcakes from her. And wait, Bart, is, wait, is his name Toady? No, but a, you know, like a toady, like from Christmas Story. There's a bully and there's a toady. Is that what? Is that what it's called? Yeah. I didn't know that. That's from, from weird. From Christmas Story, I think. Yeah. Oh, and so that's where it came from. Lexicon. That's where it came from. Oh. That, little, got... that weird little one that was like, yeah, <laughs> every time something happened. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that. I learned something today. You Now you learned something. <laughs> Webster's Dictionary refines, defines a toady. <laughs> I don't know if you should do that. One who flatters in the hopes of gaining favors. I, I a um, person who behaves obsequiously, ob, obsequiously, to someone important. <laughs> well, 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 now you have to define obsequious. <laughs> Why would they use that word? A sycophant is another word for it too. Obedient or attentive to an excessive or servile degree. Yeah, so he's a toady. 
and I and I only call him a toady because I didn't want to do, flat out call him Nelson's henchman because Asbar is defending Lisa, which is nice for him, you know, the big big brother defending, which seems odd. It's almost one of those things where it's like it's okay for Bart to berate Lisa, but well, nobody else. Well, can. yeah, that's a, again, that's a sibling thing. You yeah. you're you're only allowed to call your your sibling something. Nobody else is. Right. Yeah. So I mean. Good for Bart for standing up for Lisa, but he thinks he's only going to have to take on this toady. Right. But in reality, I mean, Lisa points out to him, like, don't don't bother Bart. He's friends with Nelson Muntz. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's a, he's just a henchman. You don't want to bring, bring around Nelson. Right. And as Bart goes to fight this kid, Nelson just kind of comes and grabs Bart off of the kid, just yep. kind of lifts him up. Nelson just kind of like tosses Bart to the ground and Bart realizes, holy crap, this guy's big. Bart's blindly swinging because he he was going to punch the, the kid. <laughs> and one of the punches lands. And everyone everyone's like aghast at seeing Nelson bleed. It's like seeing God bleed. <laughs> it's, it's, I don't know it if it's more that... like seeing God bleed or it's like seeing the devil bleed. Well, it's, it's, like, it's like Batman asking <laughs> Superman if he bleeds. Right. It's kind of like a oh boy. Nelson thinks that oh it's just it happens all the time it's somebody else's blood. But then he realizes that it is his own blood and he he proclaims it. What? Nelson, you're bleeding. Nah, happens all the time. Somebody else's blood splatters on me. Hey, wait a minute. You're right. You made me bleed my own blood. Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. <laughs> I'm just... Yes, that's exactly what... Uh, that's right. So there was a period of time where that quote from Dodgeball got credit for saying that quote. Right. It's from Nelson 13 years before that. And I think nowadays it's gone back to being credited to Nelson. But there was a period of time where people thought that that came from Dodgeball. They, they, they How took dare it. they? How dare yeah, they? Yeah, they took it. I mean, dodge, add it to the list. Dodgeball's, we like dodgeball just fine. Oh, yeah. We'll see if it has shelf life. Just seven, fine. <laughs> but that is a Nelson Muntz line. But Nelson does not like that he's bleeding his own blood. And I do like that there's like a cold wind as Bart acknowledges it. He's like, oh no, a cold wind. Like he realizes <laughs> it's like an ominous sign. That's a, that seems like a very John Swartzweldery thing. To like have a have a character acknowledge like something narr- narratively happens, sure. To like signal his demise. Oh yeah. So Nelson basically says he's going to exact revenge, and Bart. Nelson tells Bart he's going to get him after school. But before any or before anything can happen, right then Skinner comes by and he's like, "Oh, let's all go back to class." And I do like when Skinner says, "Like, no, 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 he'll get you after class." Like <laughs> he does. Like he thinks they're just reason. meeting up. He doesn't realize yeah, what it is. <laughs> he's totally oblivious to what's going on, which doesn't seem totally like Skinner, but um, yeah, it's funny. Maybe a little, yeah. And while they're in class, Bart daydreams of getting eaten by nelson basically (laughs) like i think he does literally eat him in this dream yeah he imagines this like showdown where bart i think takes out like a machine gun was it i don't remember now i can't remember if he does that in this one or there's another one where he does it in but nothing can defeat him this might be where we get our first ha ha or it's like a kind of ha ha 
So I think it's Nancy Cartwright doing the voice of Nelson Muntz. It's not the perfect, <laughs> but it is, it's, it's, it's like a very slow, like, um, in the lunchroom, in the cafeteria, the people are like, it's kind of a Mar- it's kind of a, a George McFly thing thing. Like people are kind of excited to see if Bart can vanquish Nelson Muntz. And I love that Bart is kind of saying, like, look, I'm not gonna say I'm not a hero. I'm just I'm just <laughs> saying let's be careful. Right. Like, I I do love because it's basically what I would do too. It's no no no, I'll take the adulation, oh, yeah, yeah. but I give, really give me the attention, do not want to take, but... take the punishment here. I just don't Um, want the repercussions of what I've done. Right, exactly. (laughs) And he says that he's going to meet up, uh, beat him up at the flagpole at 315. And don't be late because he has a few other beatings after that, (laughs) one of the toadies adds. He has another daydream. This is the one where he's at his own funeral and he's got the X's on his eyes, which which is cartoon. That is cartoon for um, dead or sleeping. Could you be sleeping if you have X's on your eyes? No, that's dead. That's not sleeping. <laughs> they would just okay, show I'm your so... eyes being closed. I apologize. <laughs> Apparently I was I was in the wrong for that one. So Homer and Mar- Marge warn him and um, Homer realizes that his, his son was more important than work. <laughs> uh, Lisa places a cupcake on Bart's head. Yep. Says that she feels responsible if she would have just given him a cupcake. Yeah. Which then, I love that Bart for somehow thinks that if Lisa would have given it's him all a Lisa's cupcake, fault. Like that would love that okay. Like that's not why he ended up getting into a fight with the toady. Nelson has two toadies, but they never have names, and I don't know if they ever appear again. I don't remember. I think they do appear, but I don't think they they. I, they but I don't think love, it's they, yeah. It's yeah, not something that names. continues. Because because once we get to the episode, once we get to Tell 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 Head, and you have. Uh, Jim Odelph and Kearney mm, right. come in. That now Nelson has like a crew. his new he posse. Yeah, he doesn't need these toadies <laughs> anymore. Um, but, but I do, I do like when uh, Skinner and Otto are at his funeral as well in his daydream, and Otto says he looks lifelike, <laughs> and then Skinner says that the nurse did a wonderful job reconstructing his little face after the fight. <laughs> like, jeez. <laughs> I just like yeah. That. I mean, it's it's pretty brutal. I like that he thinks that Otto and Skinner would. I right? mean, I guess they'd have to if if one of your students murdered another student. <laughs> You're just obligated to go to that student's funeral. And after Lisa puts the cupcake on Bart's head, Nelson, who apparently decides to come to the funeral as well, <laughs> takes the cupcake and punches him once <laughs> for the road. I guess. So after school, Bart is trying to get away, and he's gonna try to. Oh, well, I, I do love before the way that Lisa says she's going to place the cupcake lovingly on his forehead. I, <laughs> I did like I do like the phrasing that she uses. Lovingly. I'll just place this cupcake lovingly on your forehead. <laughs> so Bart tries to get away. He tries to find a way out of the schoolyard before Nelson can find him. But he to no avail. Nelson finds him and. Nelson says, put him up, and Bart thinks that that means to, like, surrender, basically. He just puts his arms straight up in the air, <laughs> as, as Rachel and I are doing visibly that you cannot see. Um, just straight up in the air. 
but this allows Nelson to just pummel the crap out of him. <laughs> like, he's not even trying to, to defend himself at this point. Yeah, Bart puts up no resistance. So Bart thinks, like, all right, well, that was that was good. Like, thanks, thanks for that. But Nelson decides to not let that go, so he puts Bart in a trash can, rolls him down a hill, and informs him that he'll have another beating tomorrow so now bart has a bully problem because he's just going to keep getting bullied by nelson I, I find it odd too that it's like oh well now you're just my regular 315 so <laughs> well that's how i don't know if this is how bullies work nowadays because I, I, can't, I think it's probably a lot more psychological than physical <laughs> oh yes online because i think it'd be nowadays. difficult to get away with bullying physically now well, I bet, uh, no, I think they still do physical bullying, but I think they do more uh, psychological before the, the, the physical or vice versa. Or it's just psychological. Yeah. Because, God, kids are brutal. Kids are <laughs> kids are brutal. I, kids are awful. They are horrible. All kids are awful. They are evil, evil people. Yes. If, it, it's a John Mulaney line, but if I see a group of kids on the street, I cross the street to the other side because I am terrified of children. <laughs> because they're thinking of 13 different ways where they could insult you and ruin your day. Yeah, and they know they're, them. They're awful. I do think that this is more of what you would call like a like an old-fashioned the, bully. The classic bully. Yeah, like something that you'd see back in the day. He's just going to beat you up and, and move on. Which I would guarantee you, if somebody's getting bullied now, they'd much rather just have somebody beat them up a little bit than have oh, to yeah. go through the I think the I would take a punch in the face versus the psychological beating. Oh, 100%. <laughs> I mean, I, I got out of high school. High school, nobody really... I hated high school. Well, I mean, but you're a girl. Like I know, girls... that's the problem. Yeah. Girls are worse. Like... <laughs> oh, well, yeah, they're horrible. Like as They started guy... all the psychological crap. Yeah, absolutely. Girls, girl, a guy will beat you up physically and a woman will beat you up mentally. Isn't that like the old I think joke? it is. Yeah. Um, no, but... it's not like that true anymore, but I still think that <laughs> girls are what started all the psychological oh, no, bullying. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, <laughs> but like, I think like in junior high and maybe earlier, like I can remember bullying, but in high school there wasn't as much. Like I think people grew out of it or, uh, you know, you were just... It just didn't happen. Nowadays, like, with, where everybody has, like, cell phones and the internet and stuff. Oh, internet is even worse. It's so much worse. Because now you, you don't have to have your face. You don't have to be, like, talking to somebody's face. You're talking behind a, a damn computer screen. It's worse. But if anybody had Homer and Marge, maybe they would be able to find out different ways that they could deal with the bullying. Because clearly Bart, who's, like, all disheveled, walks past his parents and heads to the bathroom to cry. And mm -hmm. it, and it's it's very sad. It's really like sad. Crying. And I think I think on the commentary they mentioned that they went they tried to go all out with the animatic to have Bart be like beat to hell and it was too much. They they were just like no, he, it has to it it, it cuz they wanted it to look kind of realistic. Oof, I don't and, know. And it, it was like too much yeah. to like have him like all bruised and battered and stuff. Um, it's bad enough that he just looked disheveled and then starts <laughs> crying in a tub. I mean, I just can't. That's just enough. So Marge has Homer go talk to him. I did like Homer decides to dry his tears by taking the blow dryer. <laughs> and we get a very funny looking uh, animation of Bart's face being like, 
pulled back, basically. Oh, yeah. Marge is clearly eavesdropping <laughs> dropping because Homer's advice is to uh, fight back. And, and or, or, or Bart basically tells Homer that there's a bully problem, and Marge is eavesdropping, so she run, rushes in and tells Bart to go to the principal. Right. Like, you can't... Um, you gotta tell you somebody about to it. him. You, like, you have to settle it civilly. And Homer says that that's against the code of the schoolyard. <laughs> Which, hey, the people that learned the code of the schoolyard are basically the people in charge of the world. It's an unfortunate situation. Yeah. But it it's basically a schoolyard. Look well, at they're Hollywood. all children. It's so. pretty much a schoolyard. <laughs> they're all still children. <laughs> Those clowns in Congress have done it again. What a bunch of clowns. But no, I mean, I think, I can't remember where I've, like, heard that before. But it's, like, the code of the schoolyard, people, there are some people that never get out of that habit. And unfortunately, some of them still become successful and don't understand that it's not all about survival of the fittest. Like, it could be on the schoolyard, as Homer is describing. Right. But Homer decides to to teach Bart how to fight dirty the simpson style which basically means punching somebody in their family jewels <laughs> which apparently is something that fox did not want the simpsons to say was family jewels <laughs> and it's like thinking about that like you could you'd probably hear that on fucking nickelodeon now you could uh, hear family jewels now i don't know Oh, you think it's gotten? They, you they think wouldn't. It's gone bad? They wouldn't allow you to do that at all. They wouldn't even allow you to allude to kicking somebody in the family jewels because <laughs> of how PG and like I don't know. I'm I'm but, gonna I'm gonna say right now. I think kids shows are crap now. <laughs> uh, I mean, because we're gonna be doing a lot of kids shows from our youth and probably going that was not as good as I remember. I but, know we're gonna um, ruin the nostalgia. <laughs> You mean I should fight dirty, Dad? Unfortunately, son, we Simpsons sometimes have to bend the rules a little in order to hold our own. Amen. So the next time this bully thinks you're going to throw a punch, you throw a glob of mud in his eyes. And then you sock him when he's staggering around blinded. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with hitting someone when his back is turned. Gotcha. And if you get the chance, get him right in the family jewels. That little doozy's been a Simpson trademark for generations. <coughs> Thanks, Pop. So the next day, Bart shows up and he decides to fight dirty. So he throws mud in Nelson's face and tries to punch him. And in my notes, <laughs> I just wrote it dot 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 doesn't work. Um, <laughs> it just makes Nelson mad. He throws him in the trash can again and it rolls away. And Bart ends up in front of the house again. The, the can stops and Lisa tells him like you can't go on like this mm -hmm. and tell tells him to try to go get advice from grandpa and we get a little bit more of Abe Simpson well this is this is the first one where he's introduced well he was in the Christmas episode oh he was just at the end though he, he was mentioned and he was just kind of there he's there yeah he might have a line but like this is where we get a little more backstory on grandpa so Bart goes to the retirement home to visit Grandpa. Abe is doing one of his early gags that they had Abe Simpson do because they like to make fun of old people complaining. Back in my day. Which, I mean, it's only gotten worse with Facebook and the internet now. <laughs> old people. This is, this is proto. This gag is proto that. Because right now, if you go on any social media... This is why I'm not on any social media, by the way, because I don't want to be, you know everyone's ruined social media oh but yes 
But this is proto-social media. Abe would be sitting in front of a computer writing on uh, Facebook all of these complaints <laughs> to no one. But this is one where he's he talks about the words that he no longer wants to hear on TV. Bart asks Grandpa what he can do about a bully, and Grandpa tells Bart that you just have to stand up for yourself. But as he's doing this, we get Jasper, uh oh, who is Grandpa's friend, <laughs> and that's a paddling. And he comes in and and wants Abe's newspaper and he says no and tries to stand up for himself. But the two have like a little tug of war and Jasper wins. So Abe's getting bullied by Jasper. And so it never ends. We uh, we just proved it right there. That's how the schoolyard works at the uh, Springfield Retirement Castle. There's a code of the the schoolyard is at the retirement home. Uh, Not the castle yet, the retirement home. Oh, I'm sorry. Retirement uh, home. Not till the second season. And <laughs> My bad. Grandpa tells Bart he can't really help help him because he's a coward. <laughs> but he has someone that, that could help. And he takes him to this crazy... Like, nowadays, this is a crazy man. <laughs> this is a psychopath. Yeah, I'd Grandpa be a little freaked out. <laughs> uh, and we get the introduction of Herman. Yep. Herman's Military Antiques. And they say that the design is based a little bit on what John Swartzweller looked like at the time, which I think was just a crazy disheveled man. (laughs) Um, I think he looks like the episode of Seinfeld where, do you remember this one, Rachel, where uh, the guy in the fatigues that works for Elaine and she she, she keeps promoting him? It's that same kind of archetype. Oh, I think I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I know what you're talking about because she didn't want to fire him. Yeah, he's like... (laughs) Yeah. So it's that uh, so she so, promotes him. Yeah, so she just keeps promoting him. Herman is is kind of that. He's this <clears throat> military extremist, this, like, loves guns, loves military paraphernalia type guy. A bit of guy. a fanatic. Yeah, yeah. Well, in the notes on the wiki, it says in certain countries, the the translation to get into that country makes Herman seem more of like a Nazi. Because <laughs> he's such like a right-wing oh, nut. Oh, jeez. Even though like he talks about fighting the Nazis. Does he? I thought so, doesn't he? I don't remember. Herman has one arm. Yep. And uh, Oh, I Bart, liked this. Go ahead. Bart asks Herman how if he lost his arm in the war... Which I think it would have been Vietnam, I'm guessing. Like, possibly. Oh, uh, yeah, that thing. would make sense. That would make sense. And it's our second reference to don't stick your arm out of a moving bus. <laughs> out of a window of a bus. Yes. I, I, I don't know if that was like a Matt Groening no, thing No, I'm something. pretty sure it was a callback to to the kid who got his arm off. Oh, you think off? he was the I kid. I think he was the kid. Because he goes, well, let me put it this way. Next time your teacher tells you to keep your arm inside the bus, you do it. Like, I'm pretty sure he's the kid. <laughs> so Herman tells Bart that they need to make an army. Because he, he basically tells him, like, well, how many men do you have? And he goes, none. And he goes, well, you're going to need more. <laughs> and um, so he tells Bart they have to put together a, a battle strategy, and he uses the Franco-Prussian War Treaty, because I guess he has, he has the Franco-Prussian War Treaty, to put together a declaration of war. I don't know why the Franco-Prussian War was used it's uh it's a war from in the 1870s it it was like a year-long war between france and what what became germany the first of many wars between france and germany it unified germany 
Gotcha. Is the idea. Oh, yeah. I kind of remember that now from school. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know why that one. I don't know why that one, but I, I, it's funny enough because I guess it's Prussia. He has this, like, weird paraphernalia. Oh, the, It just oh, seems like a right, random does, one to have. Now I remember. He does mention Nazis because he asks Grandpa if he wants a pair of Nazi underwear. <laughs> That's... So, so here's my question to you. It's so on this. weird. Is this a is this a pair of underwear that would have been worn by a German in the 30s and 40s, or is this like boxers with like the SS symbol on it? Oh, that is either question, way, isn't it? Is it for? Is it like underpants for a Nazi, or was it a Nazi's? Was underpants? it a Nazi's underpants? Are we going to get flagged for saying Nazi like 12 times? <laughs> so I have to bleep it every time. <laughs> so we're going to get a mature rating on wherever we post this. I, I've already well, we said can only fuck, say the F so. word twice, so. <laughs> well, 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 fuck. <laughs> now we have an M. <laughs> because one way, doing it one way, you can argue it's just a weird thing to collect. Right. Doing it another makes him a Nazi. Exactly. So, so now it makes sense. It, it would make more sense that he looks like a Nazi in other countries if he's, right. he's like, like I'm, I'm selling a, Nazi underpants. Maybe you have an ancestor that was on the German side and for some reason you have a pair of lighter hosen. But if you just have <laughs> something past that lion, first of all, get rid of it. It's That's gross. Well, yeah. Like, you can you can collect things from the past. Just Clothing not underwear. not one of them. Well, clothing, clothing sure. Doesn't... Why can't you get the jackets and things, but not underwear? Things that okay, touch the immediate body? Anything that touched the skin? No. Okay, so <laughs> anything that touches the skin, no shelf life. We'll, we'll make, that, make that ruling when we do our clothing episodes. Um, but I don't know. No like when you, go to a, when you go to a museum and you see the cool like uniforms and stuff, I say that's pretty neat. I say it that's pretty neat. cool. So I don't want to see their underwear, though. That's <laughs> I... They may not even have worn underwear. We don't know. You you think that they were free balling and when was underwear made? Underwear when did That's they start underwear? When accent. was when was underwear invented? Well, have you seen have you seen like <laughs> it's if anything underwear is getting less I'm and kidding. less. I'm just kidding. They used to wear like an entire a you suit. would wear your clothes <laughs> like they were your your underwear right. because people didn't shower. Ugh. So you Ugh. had to wear a, an article of something. Right, yeah. It's gross. Okay, so anyway, <laughs> now that we're done talking about underwear, mine underwear, we will, I don't know what that was. So anyway. <laughs> do I keep it or do I cut it? I don't, I don't know what to tell you about that one. <laughs> I can't make an argument. Um... Bart recognizes the fact that Herman is nuts, and he tells Grandpa this. And Grandpa has a good line here, where he says, "Well, George Patton was a little nuts, and this guy's out of his mind, so we can't lose." So he he basically thinks like being crazy equates to being able to come up with a good plan, or to at least be able to win, to beat somebody. Yeah. And there's and um, I, truth uh, to that. and. <laughs> I mean, there's there's probably some truth to that. I could probably do a what a bunch of clowns joke and be like, and we know that half of the country is thinks that's true. Am I right, folks? And not let you know one half. Yeah, of the which way or whatever, whichever way we're, <laughs> we're leading. All of you think that, and none of you know what I'm talking about. Not a clue. <laughs> so 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Both sides think the other side. Hundred percent. Right. That's why. That's what I mean. Hundred percent. Oh yeah. no, I get it. I get it. So we do get we. This is where we get the theme from. Oh, I like this part in. though. And this whole next section is good because, and, and this is where I think you 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 start to see the animators figure this stuff out too mm-hmm. in these because especially when. They're making references to movies. They make references to Patton. They make references to what's the Full Metal Jacket. They they make references to different war movies, and they do the shots yes. from those movies. Right. So now the the artists are, are a really little more creative. How they can how they can use the this style to make it a little more exciting and make mm-hmm. it a little more flashy. I remember as a kid, this was the this was the episode. This and, and Call of the Simpsons probably were like the two from season one, where it was like, "Oh, these are fun. These episodes are yes. fun." <laughs> <laughs> so Bart holds a tree meeting in his treehouse to talk about what to do about Nelson. This might be the first time we see the treehouse. I think so. I can't. Remember I mean, at least I think going before. into the treehouse. Probably in the, it was probably in the shorts. I, I don't have that. No, if they ever, like, showed the back, Somebody's like going to write us right into us and tell us that, like, it was in the shorts or something. Um, eh, it doesn't count. <laughs> the shorts don't matter. <laughs> Bart was really fat in the shorts. Um, <laughs> I mean, he is still a little rotund. Yes. That little fat boy and his family are in trouble. <laughs> you got fat or you got fatty, fatty, fat, fat. <laughs> Or when he's eating the Pop-Tarts on the couch and Lisa spoke him in the belly. <laughs> so yes, he takes after Homer. Oh, but he's so cute. I love it. There's a note being passed around school that says, like, if you want to do something about the Nelson problem, meet at Bart's treehouse. And I, I do love that there's a bunch of kids in the treehouse and Bart stumbles in after getting beaten up. Right. <laughs> like, he still got beat up that day. And we get a good line here from Bart where he basically says that he can't promise them victory. He can't promise them good times. And they all start to walk away. So he's like, all right, all right, all right. I promise you victory. I promise you good times. <laughs> and they all go nuts. Once again, half the country, am I right? Right. But um, this is then where we get a montage of Bart training the troops. And this is what we're talking about. There's there's like obstacle courses and mm-hmm. there's like a drill and, and Bart's doing it like a, a, a drill instructor. And we get like Bart slapping the kid for... <laughs> For for being a coward, and then Abe hits him because he's like, you can't slap him. Um, <laughs> you can leave him to die on some godforsaken rock, but for some reason you can't slap him. And I I really like this montage. Oh, I, I like when too. they they have to um, run by a dog. Yes, Sparta. And this dog, you might know this, Rachel. Who's the big dog with Tweety and Sylvester from Looney Tunes? Because this dog looks like. Uh, they're trying to make Rex? a real dog, but they did not do a good job of it. So it's just that pit bull that has a big upper body and no legs. <laughs> that it looks like that dog. It's a it's a poorly drawn dog. Hector, Hector the bulldog. I never knew his name. Now we learned Hector the bulldog. <laughs> no, you're right. He does look kind. Of, they sometimes their dog animations are kind of off, or they just look like really long things. <laughs> like when they're running, they look just yeah. They don't they don't get the they don't get like the shape of the dog being able to run right. properly. So a few days later, after Bart's trained up the his army, Bart, Lisa, Herman, and Grandpa are final. I don't know why Lisa's there, but I guess Lisa. I mean, Lisa's smart, so they 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 know they need her help too. 
um, they're finalizing the plan that they decide that they're going to attack him with water balloons as he exits the quickie mart because he he goes to get a slush um not a slushy a squishy after school and it's a classic pincers movement they're they're gonna basically surround him mm-hmm. it'll work against a 10 year old <laughs> um millhouse tells bart they're in position so and i love that like uh herman and abe are like, so excited they're like have never felt so alive and Abe like goes <laughs> off on this thing about like how how happy he is that he gets to be part of a battle again <laughs> so Bart confronts Nelson and tells him that he's about to teach Nelson a lesson and immediately Nelson is surrounded right to start chucking water balloons at him yep um which they say happy birthday as opposed to death from above right which, which is what Herman happy would birthday. have wanted <laughs> So they start water bombing him. Nelson's trying to run away, but they get him some more. And then the bullies run away. And I do like that Grandpa hits Homer with the balloons from the treehouse. He's still letting uh, Homer have it all these years <laughs> later. So they eventually are able to... The henchmen surrender. The toadies surrender. They would just follow in orders. Yeah, really. And, uh, Another reference. So, yes. And so then they start hitting him with more balloons. It, it, does, it gets a little... Like, it would be a little dark if it wasn't water balloons where they're just, oh, yeah. like, bombing him incessantly. Right? But they end up tying him up, and they parade him around the streets as the kids celebrate. And one of my favorite moments from the first season is here where they do a parody of the sailor kissing. Yes. Grabbing the nurse. Grabbing the girl. The nurse, yeah. But this time, the sailor, it's this kid in a sailor suit, and he grabs Lisa and kisses her. And she slaps him and says, knock it off. And I love that joke. It's so good. Bart asks Nelson if he's learned his lesson, mm-hmm. and he's going to untie him. And Nelson's like, the second you untie me, I'm going to beat the crap out right. of you. Right. <laughs> so, so no, so like they're like, okay, we're at a standstill. So then this is where Herman kind of planned ahead. He said he grew, he drew up a peace treaty between Bart and Nelson. Mm-hmm. So both of them decide to sign it and and let it go. And and it kind of explains why Nelson becomes more of a bully. Part of the treaty is that Nelson won't have any actual authority. Do you want me to read it? Yeah, go ahead. Although Nelson shall have no official power, he shall remain a figurehead of menace in the neighborhood. That's right. So he's not, like, truly the menace, but he is the figure of one. Yeah, and it kind of explains why for the next 30 years, <laughs> Nelson's not, he's a bully, he's, like, sometimes he, he is, bullies. Yeah, he's the school bully, however. However, <laughs> he's still, he, now he's, like, part of the game. He leans like, away from being a jerk. <laughs> Yeah, so he's a he's a bully in title only. And Marge has made everybody cupcakes. Of course. So they all get cupcakes. Bright circle right back around to cupcakes. It, it's all about cupcakes. <laughs> all of the world's problems, both of both of the 50% of the country, we could all be better off if we all folks at home, this is what I want you to do. Because I think if this episode proves anything, it's that we should be nicer and, and gentler to one another, more understanding. If you are having a disagreement with someone, don't get into a fight. And if you must get into a fight, please only use water balloons. And after you get into the water balloon fight, make cupcakes Absolutely. for your fellow neighbor. Enjoy, um, enjoy make, uh, uh, decorating them together. Put some sprinkles on them. Make sure you're not using anything that could be uh, hypoallergenic. Oh, yes. Make sure case. that your, your friend isn't a vegan. 
or has a peanut allergy or something. Absolutely. I, I make these jokes because we had a dog, Rachel, that I would make fun of oh him my gosh. constantly because he, <laughs> I know. Was, he was the little kid that was allergic to everything. Everything. <laughs> Just allergic to everything. <laughs> but at and the he end had, he of has the a episode, special fish diet. And... Yep. <laughs> so anyway... <laughs> Well, we will get back. We'll get into that, I'm sure, in other episodes. We went from that to having a dog that is the most dog dog ever in the world. <laughs> it's so but... true. <laughs> At the end of the episode, they go to Bart, and he basically does like a little like, we had a lot of fun tonight, which is kind of what a parody of what I was just doing. Right. Um, but they do a little a thing where Bart is at a at a table in the library, and he talks about and tells the viewers about the seriousness of war. And he tells people that there are no good wars except for the following. The American Revolution, World War II, and the Star Wars Trilogy. And Rachel, we talked about our favorite war uh, a couple episodes ago, and this just enforces that fact. It did. It truly did. I mean, Bart agrees. There are no good wars, with the exception of the American Revolution, World War II, and the Star Wars Trilogy. Yep. <laughs> So the reason that this was in there was because at the time, Matt Groening was worried that the episode was going to look too pro-war. Yeah. And he says in the commentary that he doesn't understand why, because I guess it was a little, like the, even Fox thought like it was a little controversial. Okay. Which Fox being anti-war, like, come on. But um, (laughs) he thought it was strange how controversial it seemed at the time and Mm -hmm. and how much the writers were trying to figure out how to not make it pro-war. Because he thinks it just seems kind of like a sweet little... It's just this like little spat between the two of them where it's like almost is a parody of war. Like you could see... Yeah, the it's more of a parody of it the than The kids on recess would do this. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So that's why this, this little addendum is at the end to just make sure that you realize, no, war is hell. And it is. We are, again, we're joking. But... Oh yeah, we don't like actually wish like... Oh yeah, World War Two was amazing. We love it. it was, like it no, absolutely not. War. It was it was absolutely horrific. But it's interesting to read about. <laughs> and he says this in the commentary that's twenty years old because the commentary mm-hmm. was from two thousand. So like nowadays, it even seems even it still seems quaint. It's it's just a it's a cute episode. Right. What are your final thoughts about about this uh, about what's this one called? Gen- Bart the Gen- Bart the General. Well, here here's my take on it. So. They might be more worried about the war part 20 years ago. I saw this as a anti-bullying show now. And I don't know if that's just because of how things have progressed in culture and everything. But I kind of see it as like, we're against bullying. We got to stop the bully. And then at the end, it wasn't like they defeated him. They killed the bully. They made peace with the bully. They wrote a treaty that said like, sure, you you can be the bully, quote unquote, but you can't be a menace to us. So I, I, I kind of see it as like an anti-bullying uh, uh, show, honestly. Yeah, um, this is... And I think it's fun. I think it's kind yeah. of just like a cute, fun thing. I like their little uh, march and <laughs> rhymes that they do as they're, t- they're walking around. So Oh, yeah, they do, they do it's the really full metal jacket, jacket rhymes, but, the, um, but they're like little, like, yeah, schoolyard. Like, like, like I am like rubber, you pins. are glue. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Look yeah. Look stuff that I'll say it sticks to you. Yeah. Yeah. I, like, I think I remember it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I like this one a lot. I actually think, that, I mean, if we're doing individual shelf life as well as, you know, as a season, sure, sure. I, I think this one holds up. I think you can watch this one and it, and it has a good pace and it, it, it is it is a fun little watch. Yeah. I, I think, that, you know, that that is that John Swartzwelder kind of take on stuff. He has written more episodes of The Simpsons than any other individual writer. Wow, okay. Over the 30 years. So we'll, we'll be... We'll come back to him and see how he holds up. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we'll, we'll put a couple of his books on here, too. So I think that's it. Uh, the only other thing, uh, only other joke that maybe I forgot to mention was we've, we do find out when Marge is telling, asking Bart, like, is he is he slow? Is he is he overweight? And Bart kind of says, like, oh, yeah, he's in the same special class as I am and things like that. <laughs> but, yeah, I think that is all for Bart the General. So we will move on to our next episode. Let me just click the buttons here on the DVD. (laughs) Wait, we gotta go back. We gotta go back to the menu. Oh, wait, wait, no, the main menu, not not that menu. No, the top menu, not the title menu. Yeah, yeah, the top. And now we have to listen to this song again. Well, when we come back, when we come back, we'll we'll get to the next, we'll get to the next episode. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Contrary to what you've just seen, war is neither glamorous nor fun. There are no winners, only losers. There are no good wars, with the following exceptions. The American Revolution, World War II, and the Star Wars Trilogy. If you'd like to learn more about war, there's lots of books in your local library, many of them with cool, gory pictures. Well, good night, everybody. Peace, man. Behold, the last Butterfinger in the whole house, and I have it. Dad says no teasing. Na 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 na. Whoa! Check out the smooth, chocolatey outside. The crispity, crunchity, peanut buttery inside. Dad says if you make a scream, you're dead meat. You wouldn't scream. Dad! Now what? Never mind. Nobody better lay a finger on my butterfinger. We're back. The next episode on our list is from February 11th, 1990, written by Al Jean and Mike Reese, directed by Wes Archer. It is Moaning Lisa. So it is the first Lisa-centric episode of the series. Yes. Yes, Um, it is. And I've known the title of this episode for 20 plus years. I never got that it was a take on Mona Lisa. (laughs) I never understood that. I just got that during the research on the episode. Wow. Um, wow. <laughs> Every time I read Moaning Lisa, I always think of Mona Lisa. Every time. Well, aren't, aren't you special? <laughs> well, I'm also more art-centric than you. <laughs> yeah. So the chalkboard gag is, I will not instigate revolution. I feel like that, and... I guess after the the general, it would make sense. <laughs> yeah, it's thematically appropriate. And the couch gag is they all run and squeeze into the couch and Maggie pops up in the air and Marge catches her. Yep. All of them uh, pop up in this one, don't they? They all do a, a pop. Lot of, there's a lot of <laughs> popping up in this episode. Or, or in I do this, like the pop uh, sound the they use, though. Gags. Kind of what? I like the pop sound they use, though. It's great. Yeah, it's great. This is the first episode that is really Lisa-centric. There's some, there are some thoughts on this one that, like, people the writers were a they were a bit worried or i guess that you know everybody on the show is a bit worried that doing a a, an episode that's just based on lisa being sad could be you know a downer 
could be something like, well, we've we've kind of established that that it's you know a goofy show. Like sure. now you're just gonna like do something about well, one of the characters being sad. Well, they did a they did a sad Homer. Yes, they very did, very they did much. A very like, depressed Homer. Well, they they did, but like this is more like Lisa's is kind of down in the dumps. Yeah, she you could probably constitute her as being depressed too. I suppose. So. I mean, it's it's very world weary. Like it just makes me the... want to give her a hug though, because she's super. <laughs> sad and i hate and, it like before all of this it was really like lisa was smart but she she was never this precocious mm-hmm. she was never this knowledgeable about the fact that like oh the world is such a desolate place and like the, this kind of stuff sure and, like now this is the episode where you you start to get the idea that like lisa is ha, a little bit a, more a very... like a like a strong attachment to the nature and the world and how it how it's progressing yeah She's very uh, conscious of the world. Yes, that's the word. So before the show starts, I did write down a note from the commentary where they kind of reveal that the main title gags, like the reason that there are main title gags, are, or like I guess the idea that Granny got about like having main title gags was from the Mickey Mouse Club, because they would have different gags in the title sequence. Oh, so that's... they had like a few different gags in the title sequence, which huh. I don't know, but you know, that's from back when that's Matt Granny was a kid. So. Yeah. The episode starts with... Lisa being sad. Yeah, she's it just, really is. It's it's gonna be a weird. She's not it's gonna like be a weird she doesn't have to go through because it's Lisa's just depressed the whole time. Well, she's not finding joy in the things she used to find joy in too. Yeah, so she is staring at, at herself in the mirror uh, and she's sad. We'll probably talk about the reception of kind of what people thought of it after this, but like. It is a bold thing to do, probably, in 1990, and not just be a traditional sitcom type that you've already established yourself as not, we aren't the traditional sitcom, where it's like, you know, one of our characters is just depressed Yeah. today. Yeah, they're just sad. Um, <laughs> Homer's knocking on the door to get in, and, and Lisa just kind of dejectedly walks out, and mm-hmm. Bart runs in, and, and Homer gets locked out, because, you know, Homer's got, he's got places to be, too. He's always late for work. Always late uh, for work. <laughs> So later, he has later to be late on, for work. <laughs> this was kind of a James L. Brooks idea. James L. Brooks always wanted to do an episode of television where a character was sad but didn't know why. And I guess he wasn't able to do that with the other shows that he had. Yeah, because they, they were wouldn't too really. Sit right, they're not so going to let you do that yet. He was like, well, let's just do it. Let's do it with Lisa. Homer can't find his keys <laughs> and he's going crazy trying to find his keys. <laughs> yep. And Lisa's, Lisa just kind of opens the door and they're still in the front door. <laughs> I wish I could say I haven't done this. Um, I haven't done this since I've been an adult. <laughs> but I do know. I remember there was one night or one like morning I, I woke up and coming home from work. Coming home from work. School. Coming home from like being out one night in yeah. like, high school and left the keys in the door at mom and dad's. I, yeah, um, I remember this. Yeah, I know I did that. Because then after was... that, it was... Don't leave the keys in the door. Make sure the keys aren't in the door. <laughs> yeah. Which, um, I'm an idiot. I still worry about doing it, though, to this day. I always am, like, touching, like, the pocket to make sure I have the keys. I don't know how there. you just leave them in the door. Because if you're, like, carrying something else... I, yeah, but I just do, like, do the, the door, and then I put it right back in my pocket. Oh. See, that's... That's just a waste of time. You, know? you leave it in the door. If you leave it in the door, you can get in the house faster. Uh, 
There's the right way and there's the American way, Rachel. And the American way is you leave those keys in the door. <laughs> My bad. I'm sorry. I mean, nowadays you don't necessarily even need to have keys. Like you. This you is true. Like you a, get those like a, favorite fate. Like a keypad. Those little fancy keypads. Yeah. Yeah. That just keeps the door locked for you. Unlock it with your phone. Does a retinal scan on you and a fingerprint. Fingerprint. You can get in the yeah. House. It needs like your DNA and maybe. There I, mean, little... I had a friend. I had a friend recently that was out of town, and they asked me to bring the mail and stuff in the house. Mm-hmm. And they were like, "Just text me when you're there." And I did. And they and unlocked it from their phone. Unlocked the yeah. door, and I was like, "All right, that's not creepy at all." I think it's kind of uh, cool. <laughs> so anyway, she turns down a cupcake to Bart. Yeah. Uh, which is ironic, since what we just talked about in the last episode. For some reason. There were only two cupcakes left, mm-hmm. and Lisa defers to Homer and Bart. She's just depressed, and she doesn't want to put any effort in anything. And so we get her playing the saxophone in band yes. with Mr. Largo. This might be the first Mr. Largo outside of the main titles. I think so. Yes. Uh, so Mr. Because they didn't Mr. do Largo. it at like the the pageant or anything. They weren't playing their music, so no. And Mr. Largo really doesn't do much. The as far as I know. Throughout the series, he's just kind of this, like, I'm just the band instructor. Yep, like this pretty much. <laughs> pathetic band instructor who who doesn't like Lisa's creativity. Yeah, because she starts um, to to riff a little bit. Yeah, she starts to, to do some bebopping over my country tis of the bee, <laughs> which I always do like in, in shows when they accurately get kids playing badly in band. Yes, it's just... <laughs> <laughs> But we do get to hear Lisa play some of the baritone sax. And I, and it is a berry sax. Yes. You can tell that. And I do wonder if that in itself is supposed to be a joke. Because for folks at home that don't know, I mean, do a quick Google of a berry sax. <laughs> but it's a giant, giant instrument. Yep. As I could reveal about myself, I played saxophone. Sax- but I was a Bleeding Gums Murphy. I was an alto. Although an alto, if you can play an alto sax, you can play a berry sax and Pretty vice much, versa. Pretty much, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, the same, it's in the same key. But I always thought like it, it's got to be kind of a joke because you need so much power and like lung capacity to, to like get the berry to sound good. Mm-hmm. Um, and like she's just this, this she's so small. Yeah. Yeah. Play it was, was probably like part of the joke. I feel like she'd like and bust be a so lung. good at it. Yep. <laughs> well, we do, we do find out later on that she has stubby fingers. Yes. Well, that's which, the Homer which is, side. Yeah. Which she gets her Homer. <laughs> I'm glad that you remembered that joke. I was wondering if you'd remember that reference. <laughs> Damn stubby fingers. So later on, she's in the cafeteria, and a food fight breaks out, and she doesn't even want to like participate in the food fight because she's upset. She's in gym, and you're supposed to play dodgeball. She doesn't want to play dodgeball. Mm-hmm. Um, well, whoever wants to play dodgeball. Dodgeball was a great game. It was fine. Like, <laughs> no, you're, you know, no, it was they, fine. They well, didn't we didn't let play, us play dodgeball. I was going to say, we didn't have, like, the real dodgeball, though. Like, it, we didn't you have. You had to roll the ball. You had to ground. roll the ball. It had to roll. <laughs> yeah. If it bounced, you. It you were out. If you, yeah. if you threw it, then you were out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was this, today. there was the, uh, the lock-in that we did, and then we actually played real dodgeball, and we're, like, nice. wailing it at each other, but, yeah. Oh, as you do. <laughs> so, I mean, but, it's like, fine. The, the balls that we had in, like, junior high and elementary school, though, were, like, soft. True. They weren't, like, a hard dodgeball. So no, they weren't the rubber, they weren't the rubber balls. No, they were, like, 
felt it was like if you got them wet they would have done that they were thing foamy. where they like absorbed all the water yeah they were foam <laughs> so like you could barely throw it to begin with <laughs> so like you had to roll the damn thing but those were fun days when you when we played that game i don't even know what it was called but it was dot you they they set up bowling just pins. called it did you not play that version no they were you would set up bowling pins across the gym floor and the objective of the game was to either get everybody out on the other side or to knock down all the pins. Oh, okay. So, and, and that was a lot of fun. And then, like, the people that didn't really want to run around would just stand in front of the pins and be like a... Oh, yeah, like, like a goalie. shield. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that's, that's dodgeball. It's two Simpsons episodes in a row. We're making dodgeball references. But in the meantime... Bart and Homer are playing an episode, are playing an, an episode, episode, are playing, yes, are playing a video game, uh, a boxing video game. Yes. As a son of a father, that's how they tend to happen. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> playing, playing a video game, uh, you know, with your dad is a pastime. Absolutely. Um, that, should be, that should be done generation after generation. And, and, and our dad was a nerd, so... Well, or is a nerd. I, I, why am I saying it past us? Our dad is yeah. a nerd. <laughs> He'll be on the show eventually to talk about God knows what. Like, we're going to have to have him as a guest on an episode or two. <laughs> um, but, like, be, having that... For us, it was always Madden. We'll have an episode on Madden, at least one. But, like, I could see us have, having played... Like, I always feel like this was a... a you know, like a, an idea of like a boxing game, it would have been like the Mike Tyson boxing game, which we yeah. never played because it was Super Nintendo. We were a Sega Genesis house. That, that is, yes, that is true. I um, mean, but this even <laughs> this even predates Sega Genesis. If, if you want to, if you want to equate it to a sport like that, I would say we played the wrestling game. Well, of course. <laughs> and that would probably be more so. Uh, there's a world of difference there. Oh, I know there's a world of difference. I'm not saying it's the same, but I think it's uh, closer than Madden. That's your opinion. But anyway, so anyway, <laughs> Bart and Homer are playing a boxing game. It's called Super Slugfest, which makes me think it's it's like an idea of like it's a Super Nintendo almost, mm-hmm. or the Mike Tyson punch out. And Homer loses his 49th consecutive tie <laughs> uh, to Bart. While they're playing the game, I do like that. And this, I'm sure mom, mom had this experience with me and dad playing video. I mean, she still does to this day. Like yes. when we're playing the video game, get the fuck out of the room <laughs> because we are going to be pissed off at each other. And we do not need a distraction. And we'll start yelling at you. <laughs> yes, because we want to yell at each other. But Marge comes in to show something that came home in regards to Lisa. Mm-hmm. And B- Homer, assuming that it's Lisa, is like, oh, that's great. great. That's wonderful. <laughs> uh, then realizes that it's a, a note saying that Lisa refuses to play dodgeball because she is sad. Yep. Which is such which like is a, a really sad thing, too. It's so sad. Yeah. And, and, the, and the act break just ends on Lisa just looking sad. Yes. And I just want to give her a hug. I don't like seeing sad people. It just makes me sad. <laughs> Homer does attempt to discover, like, why Lisa's sad. He does try. And Homer just can't... She says Homer won't be able to understand. But but he, he tries. He's, he's trying to get her to tell. Right. And she seems to be having an existential crisis. It kind of, and, yeah. And this is where, like, you you really get, like, sh- her intellectualism, how she feels. Mm-hmm. Well, she doesn't look sad. I don't see any tears in her eyes. It's not that kind of sad. 
I'm sorry, Dad, but you wouldn't understand. Oh, sure I would, Princess. I have feelings, too. You know, like my stomach hurts or I'm going crazy. Why don't you climb up on Daddy's knee and tell him all about it? I'm just wondering, what's the point? Would it make any difference at all if I never existed? How can we sleep at night when there's so much suffering in the world? Well, eh, uh, eh. Uh, come on, Lisa, ride the Homer horsey. Giddy up, whee! <laughs> Lisa, honey, why don't we go upstairs and I'll draw you a nice hot bath. That helps me when I feel sad. Sorry, Dad, I know you mean well. Thanks for knowing I mean well. She also, in that conversation, she does give Homer some kudos for trying and meaning right. well. And uh, that's true. Like, Homer Homer can't come up with a good answer. And, you know, I, I think that, that at least he, he does try. But I also think that that's part of Lisa's problem, is that she doesn't think that she could have an intellectual conversation with, with her dad. Yeah. I guess. I guess. Like for, for Lisa, I think that's, like, something that's important to her. And Homer's just not, he's just, he's a, I'm just a big kid. Like, he just, he can't have that conversation. So Marge decides to have Lisa take a bath and try to feel better. And Bart thinks that she's faking. Um, so she comes back down and Bart's like, you're faking so you can get out of doing chores. <laughs> because Bart's vacuuming and yep. he's not happy about it. Again, like this, we, we, we have been getting a lot of, like, good brother-sister like, oh, yeah. spats here. I do like the little brother-and-sister, like, interactions. That's always nice. And, and that, which Maggie, is probably another reason why you and I liked this so much is we had like the, the Bart Lisa. Well, I mean we're not fully Bart Lisa, obviously, but it's kind I'm of like more Lisa. And you're more. I'm Bart. not more Bart. I'm not Bart. <laughs> you're more Maggie. Yeah, I'm more Maggie. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still like the interaction and stuff. It's kind of like, oh yeah, you know. No, we would do this to each other all the time. Right. We would, I mean, we still do. We quote Bart and Lisa when mom thinks <laughs> the two of us are like fighting and it's like, no, we're just, no, we're just doing a bit. We're doing a bit. <laughs> Is this a bit? <laughs> I mean, we do the same thing with Arthur and DW. Uh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even more so probably Arthur and DW. Probably a little bit more. Because when we were young, I was Arthur and you were for sure DW. I wasn't that bad. <laughs> You're mean. <laughs> You are mean. I was not well, a DW. Either, well, you were you were you were more DW than you were Kate. Kate. Kate's the baby. Oh Welcome my god! I tail. always forget. There's there's a stupid baby at one point. <laughs> I've uh, you know what? Kate's fine. Oh, She's fine. Here, I always no, forget. I'll, I'll I'll mention I'll mention. I do one like the Kate and Pale, be... and when would. Pale's British. I mean, that's wonderful. I here's one, that I can, here's one that I'll say so that you can add it to the list. Maybe I'm Robbie and you're Charlene. <laughs> oh my God. Don't don't say what it's from. No, you're right. That's probably more accurate. Just just leave it as it is. <sighs> so anyway, I'm like maybe I'm a mix. Maybe we're all a mix of those characters, though. Yeah, because yeah, of course we are. But I mean, whatever. <laughs> no, I like whatever that. Us. Add that whatever. one to the list. I'm 100% writing that down. I'm, we're not gonna say it, but I'm writing it down. No, we're not gonna say it. We'll we'll say it more explicitly later. But for everyone that that listens, that got the reference, I, I you know I'll give them a little bone and not not fully explain that one. Because um, <laughs> it, it's coming. Oh, those there is fluff some, candy. There's gonna be some real good ones in that. Yeah, we'll be brought to you by fluff candy. In <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> All right, back to the Simpsons. So they decide to fight for Maggie's attention. Maggie's watching TV. 
on the couch by herself because she's a genius. Um, and <laughs> I, I, well, yeah, Bart's in the room with her. But uh, they both are, like, trying to get Maggie to, like, come to them because mm-hmm. they're like, who loves you more? Right. And, of course, the joke is that Maggie r- r- goes to the TV and hugs the TV. Oh, yeah. Um, what, who do you love more? The TV. <laughs> which is true. That's the way it should be. And babies do love the TV, I think, as we, we've probably explained earlier. Like, that's... It's bright. That's what they love. It's shiny. Changes colors. <laughs> Sound comes from it. It makes ice. <laughs> <laughs> Homer and Bart are playing the video game again. Bart easily wins, mm-hmm. so he's up to 50 straight wins now. And Homer blames the loss on that damn saxophone. Stop playing that saxophone. I don't know if he calls it a saxophone. I don't think yet. he calls it a saxophone in this one. Saxophone. Lisa is playing sax in her room and Homer needs a reason to be upset so he tells her to stop and she starts she starts crying and again like Homer's not quite sure what to do but she just says like she'll practice her fingering for anybody that's played a saxophone or like has a friend oh I love the sound that plays a saxophone this is perfect like it it, it's gotta just be somebody fingering the sax I, I love the sound of that that the noise is though great like it is it is a saxophone fingering we're gonna get flagged for me saying fingering. it's very satisfying and you should look up look up saxophone fingering please i did you're just gonna enjoy the sounds i don't okay you know what i bet it is a thing i bet don't google saxophone fingering i bet it's an asmr thing i bet it's an asmr thing it might be an asmr because i enjoyed the sound i know you probably i know i know please do it Please do it. Now I'm very excited about it. <laughs> oh, God. Do, please do this in, like, incognito mode or something. Don't... No. Normal mode, at work, please look up saxophone fingering. <laughs> but... Nothing else. <laughs> so, while she's laying in bed, uh, she hears a saxophone playing in the distance. And she just sneaks out of the house. She, like... I, again... Try leaving a window holding a baritone sax. Yeah, really? at, at, yeah, being eight years old. But she leaves the house and she goes to find the source. And, and she walks through the town and discovers on the same overpass that was from Homer's Odyssey, she finds a man playing a saxophone. And this is where we meet Bleeding Gums Murphy, played mm-hmm. by Ron Taylor. Um, he's playing, playing the sax. Back at the house, Marge is dreaming about her childhood. Um, when, this is when sad was, too. This is sad. This is sad, but this is definitely like an indictment on the generation before. I don't know if it's an indictment on the greatest generation or the baby boomers, like on how they treated their kids, right? To be to hide their feelings. Oh, it's sad. And, and like nowadays, people don't like the fact that the people that are thirty-five and younger. You are know, a little bit more open are about too it. Too emotional, and it's like, no, it's because you guys were all kind of messed up by not right. showing your emotion. But the whole that we're trying point... to make up for the fact and be open <laughs> yeah. about it. Like, no, 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 no. Now, now we're catching up with the fact that, like, no, it's fine. You, you can be whatever you. If like... you feel sad, let us know you're sad. You know, yeah, it's like fine. It's... Be sad. Yeah. If you wanna, collect. If you wanna play video games and collect action figures as an adult, you can do that. <laughs> Yes. If you if if you want to be into sports and football, you can. You can do that. that. If you want to trade if you money be a, on the stock market, right? You can if do you want to be a dancer, be a dancer. It's whatever you can be that 
that person. You can have right. emotions. You can you can have hobbies. You can be your person. But in our little Marge's world, <laughs> Rachel's that that has been Rachel's <laughs> soapbox. <laughs> do do do. I'm not uh, stealing. In, the more you know, don't put that in there. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes, Rachel. F- do 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 do. There we Wait, go. No, that's stealing from something else. Um, <laughs> uh, we'll find something. Anyway. So anyway, in Marge's dream, her mom is telling her to uh, always make sure that she smiles. Even though she's sad. Even though she's sad. I do love that at the same time Homer's having a dream where he's in the in the video game and Bart's beating the crap out of him. <laughs> and he wakes up to a nightmare and then falls immediately back to sleep. <laughs> Just it, screams and back to sleep. It's a good Homer scream, though. It's a great, yeah, it's a Homer scream. I thought it was a gag that you'd see in future seasons, too. It did not feel like a season one joke about him, like, waking up and, and immediately screaming. Right, and then falling right back to sleep. Yeah, so a really good joke there. And then we go back to Bleeding Gums and Lisa, and Bleeding Gums is jamming with her. She, he's, like, telling her, like, going through a bunch of different types of, you know, play me the, you know, the G scale. He's or testing like her. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And realizing that she's really good at jazz. Well, just saxophone in general. And that she right. she has the, the uh, like, uh, affinity for jazz. They go back and forth. They, they agree to jam back and forth. And she does the second grade blues. I got a bratty brother. He bugs me every day. And this morning, my own mother, she gave my last cupcake away. My dad acts like he belongs. He belongs in the zoo. I'm the saddest kid in grade number two. You know, you play pretty well for someone with no real problems. Yeah, but I don't feel any better. The blues isn't about feeling better. It's about making other people feel worse and making a few bucks while you're at it. Oh, yeah, this is cute. (laughs) Yeah, so anyway, Marge gets worried. I don't know how she finds her, but she does find her. That's true. How does she find her? (laughs) Maybe she (laughs) hears the saxophone music and just gets drawn to it. A mother's blind Uh, love. (laughs) I, I like that she says, like, get away from that jazz man. Jazz man. And she says, like, I'm sorry, nothing personal. I'm just afraid of the unfamiliar, which is also a good line. It's like a good... Well, I'm the same way. I'm afraid of the unfamiliar. Yeah. But, but she shows up and brings her home. Bleeding Gums continues to do her song as they, as they leave. And I wrote down in my notes at this point, like, this is a very small story. And, it is. And it is. It is just a very character-driven... Um, compared to the last episode, uh, being this like boisterous war parody, like all about the story, yeah. And this, this is, is all very about Lisa, or just the character of Lisa mm-hmm. and her relationship with her mom and her dad, Homer. Oh well, I guess we should we should say this first because I think it comes first. Oh, here's a little note that is from the wiki that I didn't realize that it says Barney's Bolorama has burned down. What um, on the TV? So um, I guess there's a new Bolorama after this. Who knew? So oh. Barney's Bolorama bl- burned down, and, and Homer has to go tell Marge the bad news. But Marge is still worried about Lisa, and and Marge asks Bart to be nice to her and try to cheer her up. And it, to Bart's credit, he does try to cheer her up. He goes and finds her, and his idea of cheering her up 
is to try a prank call on Mo. Which, I mean, they do enjoy doing together, so... They do enjoy It was doing a good idea. Together. Yeah, it was a good idea. And this time, the prank is jockstrap. Yeah, most have it, most speaking. Is Jock there? Who? Jock. Last name Strap. Uh, hold on. Uh, Jock Strap. Hey, guys, I'm looking for a Jock Strap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Jock Strap. It's you, isn't it, you cowardly little runt? When I get a hold of you, I am going to gut you like a fish and drink your blood. <laughs> Where's your sense of humor, man? Homer, in the meantime, has decided to practice, which I'm sure I've done and, I, and I'm sure Dad has done as well. We'll practice the video games so that we can play it against each other. I know me and the guys would do that too. E even college. Mm, would have, you know, you got to practice rock band or something against each other even just to, so that you, you, you can do it. Or, or Counter-Strike or whatever it was that we were playing in college. <laughs> Call of Duty by the end of it, which I was the worst at, but we still we still did it. I got good um, at the gun game, though. I was very excited about that one. <laughs> oh, see, I was good at one in the chamber. Yeah, you were good at one in the chamber. I got good at the gun game eventually. And then I had to stop because the little kids were getting better and, and I just didn't want to deal well, with them. Well, yeah, now I, I didn't want to deal with video, them. Any video game online is horrible. I um, really don't like them. But Homer does end up having this sensation where he has to learn from a little kid, which is the style. Like, that's just the way it is. You, you realize that you become too old when little kids have to teach you how to play video games. And Homer at the arcade comes in contact with this, uh, like, expert at playing Super Slugfest. He takes out, like, a bunch of quarters, and he's ready to play, but he, he decides to pay this kid, this hustler, to teach him some tricks so that he can beat Bart. Yeah. At the game. <laughs> so, like, he teaches them some tricks. I do love that um, this kid's mom, I guess the kid's name is Howard, according <clears> to the wiki, comes up and just kind of basically, like, scolds Homer for being in an arcade. Basically like, because he's him, an like, adult. Yeah, you're an adult. But now Homer thinks he's ready to take on Bart. In the meantime, Marge takes Lisa to school, and she decides to give Lisa the same advice her mom gave her, which is to smile. Yeah. Um... Because if you smile, the kids will think you fit in with them more. Which is a bad advice. Like, I could get it if she's saying, because this is a psychological thing. If you smile and you look at yourself smiling, it actually can help raise your mood. So it's like something that you could do. But she's saying it as to fit in with other children. Such is not sure. a good way of doing it. <laughs> no, again, uh, a little about kissing, like... Marge and Homer not exactly giving probably the best advice, but However, it is funny advice nonetheless. However, she gets really angry. So like some kids, so, so she she does it. Right, she Lisa come, goes out there and she does her fake smile, which she just looks like she's grimacing. <laughs> and these kids seem to say how oh she seems normal now, and the, and she used to be kind of weird, but if now that she's smiling, they don't think that she's as weird. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Largo comes out and tells her not to be so creative. And yeah, Lisa and oh, and I think this. the boys even were saying like you could maybe you should come over. You could do my homework or something like yeah. stupid. And Lisa just gives into it. Right, right. Which is definitely a it's a female empowerment message. I a hundred percent. 
Marge realizes this is bad advice and Lisa is smart enough to not have to do that, like to put up with that kind of crap. Right. Which is probably pretty, again, pretty progressive for 1990. It is. Because uh, Marge kind of learns her lesson that it's like, it, it is a female empowerment thing because a lot of the times you have guys or other people saying, oh, you should smile more and like crap like that. And... And oh, now these boys are giving her attention and, and she's just kind of giving into whatever they want because now she's smiling and they like her. And it's like, Marge yeah. is like, what did I just do? That was dumb. Right. She doesn't need that. And she even says, you can be sad. Lisa, I apologize to you. I was wrong. I take it all back. Always be yourself. You want to be sad, honey? Be sad. We'll write it out with you. And when you get finished feeling sad, We'll still be there. From now on, let me do the smiling for both of us. Okay, Mom. I said you could stop smiling, Lisa. I feel like smiling. Meanwhile, in the subplot, Bart and Homer play again. And Bart says, like, this is the last time, Homer. I've beaten you 50 times in a row. (laughs) And instead of that happening, Homer, knowing all the tricks, starts toying with them. And um, he he starts like beating him up, but he's but he's toying with him a little too much because as Bart is about to get defeated, Marge pulls the plug, and we get a hilarious little oh my god! I can't even do the the noise that Homer makes. Well, you're in luck, Bart. Here comes my right. Oh no! But he is so <laughs> devastated. I would be and too. Anyone that's ever played a video game and like loses power or the pl- plug gets pl- like that is a very real reaction. Oh, it's awful. It's the if worst. you want someone to, to die a little inside, turn off their video game while they're in the middle of it. Oh, especially if they, it. yes, especially if they haven't saved. And it's one of those things where you spend hours on something and you didn't save because you're an idiot. And then, and then the power goes out, the computer turns off, something crashes and you're just like, yep, I'm done for now. <laughs> Marge says that Lisa has an idea to go out, out to the club and... I mean, I don't know what kind of jazz club would allow little kids in. Like, maybe no, it's like during do. the week or something like that. Well, I guess with the family, maybe they could. But they decide to go to the the jazz hole. <laughs> which, that Especially is... since it is like a little hole in the wall. Yeah, but that is, that's got to be a dirty joke, right? The jazz hole. I'd imagine. Yeah. I have um, no idea. I couldn't tell you what the joke was. It's a hole, yeah, like, so... Ass- like asshole, jazz hole. Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. But while they're there, it's just a car hole. They're all enjoying it, and Bleeding Gums does the second grade blues in honor of Lisa. And that's it. That's the end of the episode. Any little other things about this one? So, this is the first Noiseland arcade. This is the first episode we see Snowball 2 in again. Since Simpsons Rose and Open Fire. So we had Bart crying in the last episode. This is the first time Lisa cries. I think we've had Homer cry. <laughs> well, Homer has Lisa cried? Or not Lisa. Um, has Marge cried yet? A, a couple of the names of the games in the video arcade. Eat My Shorts is one of them. <laughs> and then the Robert Goulet Destroyer. Um, oh my god. Which, I don't know what that video game could possibly be, but Robert Goulet will come up again on the on this journey through this, through Springfield, much less on Shelf Life, because he comes up in, in some other things. But Robert Goulet was like, an, like a 
famous Canadian singer with a very like booming voice kind of a thing that like sultry like lounge singer type voice but yeah I thought overall uh it's it's a solid episode I, I oh, think I again they, they found their groove at this at this point I think they they're starting to feel it yes sure. I really like this one I like this one a lot <laughs> I just think it, it. I just think it's really nice. I like that it's very character driven. It's like it 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 pushes the you know, it pushes it a little bit more with like how she's sad and like how to deal with it and everything. I like that. It gets you to really feel emotional with the show. Yeah, it shows that there can be a little emotion in it. And I like Bleeding Gubs Murphy. Yeah, he's fun. I mean, he only shows up he shows up in the background mm-hmm. here and there. He has at least one more episode where he's featured. We'll get to down the line for sure. Yeah. But that is Moaning Lisa. So, hey, when we come back after a word from our sponsor, we get into one of the goofier episodes of season <laughs> yes. one. The Call of the Simpsons. Yo, Snap, take a picture. Come on. <laughs> okay, everybody, say cheeseburger. Cheeseburger! Speaking of cheeseburgers, let's go to Burger King! Look out, nature dudes, we're coming! Burger King's taking Homer, Marge, and all the Simpsons camping, including you-know-who. Now you can get one Simpsons character and camping scene in every Kids Club meal at Burger King. The Burger King Kids Club, just for fun, just for you! So welcome back to Shelf Life. Rachel, do you have your uh, non-dairy-based beverage i can't remember what what that joke is about crusty milkshakes oh um, i was just about to say well i put some almond milk in my tea so does that count <laughs> non-dairy gelatinous milk-based beverage or something like that we'll get something. to that yeah, yeah, yeah one day but yeah so this episode is from february 18th 1990 the Call of the Simpsons, another episode written by John Swartzwelder. And everything that I mentioned about John Swartzwelder comes through in this episode. Um, <laughs> would you believe, and, and I couldn't believe it, like on the commentary, like James, according to them, James L. Brooks wanted it even wackier than what it ends up being. Really? Like, th- apparently James L. Brooks had an idea at some point to have Homer get fed by an eagle. Oh my God. <laughs> but yes, this is, it's probably one of the most at least at the time, it was probably one of the most popular episodes of the first season. I can, I, I can see why. <laughs> well, and it's compared to the last episode where it's all character-centric. This is, I write down a few times for saying like, and, and people I'm sure in 1991 and 1992 were complaining about how the show lost its way at that point even. Like, because, oh, it's, you know, it's too goofy now or they've jumped the shark or whatever. Sure. To say that eight, nine seasons in when they are doing truly goofy stuff, they were doing goofy stuff in episode seven. Like, <laughs> this is a goofy episode. But so it's a good goofy. It is a fun goofy. No, it's, yes. I mean, we'll get into it. But it is definitely on the goofier side, in my opinion. The chalk gag for this one is, I will not draw naked ladies in class. Good advice. Um, and nothing happens with the couch gag they all just run to the couch and sit down and nothing happens that's the gag that's the gag the gag is there is no gag and I think before we start we should probably mention you know our our fake ad between the things reference to the fact that this episode was so popular that 
Burger King decided that they would base uh, kids' toy, big kids' toys off of this episode of The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. So it's all about them going camping, and that it's that's from 1990. So it was like, yeah, you got to pick the episode or a theme if you, you know to make The Simpsons toys. I don't think I have them from 1990, but I think they redid these at some point, or maybe they came out with little figures. Somewhere in a box at Mom and Dad's house is, at the very least, like a Homer from this episode. Oh, I, there probably is. Not Sasquatch Homer, but... Oh, I wish. Um, I wish we had a Sasquatch Homer so bad. <laughs> but there is definitely one of those, something from this episode. So the show begins. Bart is mowing the lawn with a lawnmower from the 1950s. <laughs> like, what is this thing? Like, who has those anymore? Who has those anymore? But I don't think, I think the joke has to be that it's anachronistic for 1990. <laughs> yeah, even then. Like but for the listener, it, it is not a, it's not a gas powered or an electric lawnmower. It's a lawnmower that. It only works you when you push it. it. You have to push it and it like spins over the grass and cuts it. Yeah, it's got like blades like, that move yeah. when you push it. Yeah, it's like a, I guess it's like a, it's kind of like a straight razor if you're a guy compared to like an electric razor, I guess is the only analogy I can think of. (laughs) But he's doing that and it's a big pain in the ass as you can imagine, because why wouldn't it be? You're pushing this, this thing over the, the, the grass. And at the same time, the Flanders rod is mowing the grass. Oh my God. um, On a sitting on a driving mower. So the total opposite of Bart's pain here. Yeah, I think he even has a drink or something while he's sitting on it. Homer tells Bart, like, don't be jealous of the Flanders, because, like, Bart kind of asks Homer, like, when are we going to get something good like that? And while he says this, Ned drives and pulls up with an R... That there is an RV. RV. And Ned has this big RV. It has a satellite dish. It has a, a... deep fryer it's a house on wheels it's it's a tenement on wheels and and homer of course is immediately jealous of the fact that ned has this rv i think he's more jealous of the satellite and the deep fryer than the fact that it's an rv probably like i think if homer would have stopped and not been so impulsive and thought about it he would have been just fine like getting himself a deep fryer and an rv (laughs) or and a a satellite dish right maybe it would have been cheaper than the rv um maybe But Homer questions how Ned can afford this because, as he says, he gets Ned's mail every once in a while. And I did the math on this. He only makes about $1,500 more than Homer uh, in a year. But, as is the style at the time of 1990, and as you could do three decades ago, you just max out your credit. You just (laughs) use your credit, right? If you just use your credit, right, you, you can buy anything. People still do that now. Absolutely. Well, absolutely. It's just that nowadays you probably can't get away with as much as you could back then. Right. Back then you could buy a house. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and have the worst have credit money. in the world. Yeah. Yeah. You could probably you could do that 10 years ago or yeah. before the, the thing crumbled. But so Kevin's financial <laughs> advice on this, don't just depend on credit. Actually have a little bit of, you know, a plan or ask somebody for a little bit of a plan before you just... Pull a Ned here and, and get yourself an RV. Do you think that's what or, he did? What? I don't know. I think he's just, fun? maybe he's just smart with his money. No, I think he's money. good at it. I think he's very good at managing his credit. Oh, and okay. that's why he's able to have good credit and be able to get the RV. Be Ned. Don't be Homer. 
who <laughs> apparently does not have good credit. Which we find out. Which we are about to find out. Because Homer decides that he needs to go get an RV and goes to Bob's RV shop. And he wants to get the ultimate behemoth. And Bob's RV has Bob this cowboy salesman. And this is the first <laughs> appearance of Albert Brooks. Albert Brooks is an essential part of The Simpsons. He only appears a few times, though. He is the RV salesman here. Mm-hmm. He's Jock in a few episodes. Mm-hmm. He is Hank Scorpio, which is probably his <laughs> best Scorpio. performance. Um, <laughs> one of the be- it's one of the best characters they've ever had on the show. Uh-huh. And then he's in The Simpsons movie playing the guy that's in charge of the EPA. When we get to the Simpsons movie, I'll say it now and I'll probably say it a dozen times whenever Albert Brooks comes up, he should just be playing Hank Scorpio. Yeah, he should just be playing Hank Scorpio. The villain of the of the Simpsons movie should just be Hank they Scorpio. They should have brought him back. It would have been amazing. It would have been great. And everyone would have loved it. Instead, it's like a forgotten movie. Yeah, I can't even remember his about. name. I don't know. But Bob the RV Salesman and, and what you learn about Albert Brooks, and I think it's all over the DVDs, is that he will just riff. And he'll just keep going, and he'll he'll come up with a million different lines to say. I think they say they have, like, hours of him oh my God. just saying things. But he, I, I love when he sees the family coming up, and he goes, like, thank you, God. <laughs> well, like, realizing, like, these rubes are here. Right. And he decides to show Homer the ultimate behemoth. And, and I do like that Marge is, like, we can't afford this. They're like, no immediately. This. Well, have you ever watched those RV shows? Where they would like tour the these crazy, uh, awesome RVs. I have not. Oh I, man, like... like they're worth more than probably both of our houses combined, and <laughs> they're insane on the inside. Yeah, you kind of wonder like what. Well, I guess like instead of living in a house, you live in the RV, right? And you can travel everywhere. But oh man, it's and... kind of insane. That's what I I, mean... I immediately thought of when they show the ultimate behemoth. Even Lisa says, this place is bigger than our house. Right. <laughs> and and it has a great horn. Yes. Here's the horn sound, folks. Hey! It's a great horn. I, and I also love Homer's little, hey! Like, he just likes <laughs> the, the sound it makes. But even Bart asks, does it have its own satellite dish? And Albert Brooks says, tell your son it has its own satellite <laughs> Like it, Like, they launched a satellite just for this RV. Ridiculous. It has four deep fryers, um, all, all sorts of great stuff. So it would be the perfect here. thing to shove into the Flanders' face. Hey, Flanders! <laughs> I can't, it's not, he's already not Walter Matthau. I can't do the, oh, hey, Flanders. Like, it's, it's morphing into Homer at this point. Well, yeah. Bob just assumes that if Homer has decent credit, he can, you know, get him to take this with this huge interest rate. It'll probably be fine, right? But he still says, like, oh, no, we're going to go check your credit, and then you guys will drive home in this thing. And there's a, a siren that comes up. I'm not going to quote you, Bryce, till I check your credit rating. And let me, I want to make myself clear on this. This is a formality. If you're saying to me, Bob, is this guy good for it? I say, yes, I don't check this machine. But I don't own the place, even though my name's up there. Long story, but that doesn't matter. I'm going to have to run it through the computer. Is, is that a good siren? Am I approved? You ever known a siren to be good? <laughs> no, Mr. Simpson, it's not. It's a bad siren. 
That's the computer in case I went blind telling me sell the vehicle to this fellow and you're out of business. That's what the siren says. Oh. Seems the ultimate behemoth is a wee bit out of your price range. And wee bit is me being polite. You couldn't afford this thing if you lived to be a million. Don't you have something that isn't out of my price range? I don't want to go away empty-handed, Bob. Take it easy there. Don't ruin this feeling I'm getting from you. Perhaps I can show you something. Uh, <clears throat> a little more of you. He tells him, I, I well, don't are sirens ever Are, are sirens oh, ever yeah. are good? Are sirens ever a good sign? Like, <laughs> is the siren good? Yeah, I love Homer's naivete. He's so excited to get this RV. Are sirens ever a good thing? And it basically is saying that if he, he can't, he can't sell this to, to Homer. Like, he's he cannot pass the credit check. Right. And he does a lot of improv in this scene. And uh, Bob decides that he's going to show him a RV that's in his price range. Yes, and it is a big hunk of shit. Oh, absolutely. Like, they just pulled it out of the dump. <laughs> <laughs> because Homer is desperate. He want, he doesn't want to leave empty-handed. Mm -hmm. So he, he shows him something that's not in their price range. Or that is in their price range. And it is... Basically just like a little like SUV looking thing that is just totally run down. Oh yeah. Like it's the it, smallest it does have, one. Like, it does have the thing where you can like probably attach like a camper. I think so, yeah. To the back of it. Like you could attach a tent to the back of it. The rest of the family is disapproving of the RV. They don't want it. But Homer gets kind of swindled into it again by Albert Brooks kind of telling him that like, you see that guy over there? He, he's going to come. Like you have to he's make him buying it right yourself. now. Like, yeah. Yeah. Would it be all right if I conferred with my family? Well, Mr. Simpson, if you have to go talk it over with those humans out there, then there's something wrong with all of us. You look like a man who is able to make a decision, or I wouldn't be wasting... See that man right over there? Yeah? He's buying this. Did you know that? No! He called me two minutes before you came in and said, Save the little one. I'm coming down. Here he is. Now, you want it or not? All right, all right. I'll take it. Best decision you ever made. You are going to... You are going to... This going to change your life. Tricks him into buying it for... Three fifty a month, which is a lot of money, when you think about it. Um, leasing, yeah, leasing it, this RV, right? I like that Homer is such a rube, and the family's shaking their heads. I think Lisa like actually shakes her head, realizes he's gonna do this, and it's stupid. Yep. But he buys it, and he tries to show off to Flanders. Well, and um, Flanders like is like, oh yeah, look at that, and is like yeah. really nice about it. Ned being Ned is more like, oh, she's a beaut, right? happy that homer got something got. Like, that makes him happy i almost think that it's like ned got homer to do something homer would enjoy right you know like even them because like oh yeah i got my rv and, and, and he's probably have thinking maybe we'll both go camping right together, together. Like, like if if homer was smarter he'd be like let's go camping together and then he would just hang out in, Ned's in his rv, RV. <laughs> frying a turkey just like take advantage of all of his stuff yeah, and like, oh, we, we both have an RV, but you know. Now it's my RV. <laughs> but but Homer realizes, well, now they have to kind of use it, so they decide to go camping. Which I think they even say on the commentary is like something that just happens in shows. It's a way, like, in once a show like is kind of established a little more, like, to get them into a new environment, like, we're going to go camping. Oh. Which I don't. I don't see that often, but no, you do. You do, do see this. that with shows and shows like this. You see them do that. They go camping. Yeah. Everyone like all of a sudden, you're just like, oh, didn't even realize they did that. Now that you're pointing it out, I'm like thinking about different shows that I've watched, and yes, they just go camping. Yeah. Well, even like I said, Parks and Rec. There's like an episode where they go hunting. Right. In the and that is camping. Season, like, 
it is kind of a thing that you don't think about, but I guess it is a way to like... Put them into the woods. Yeah. Throw them out there. (laughs) I guess this is a good time. Rachel, your experience camping, because I think you have experience. I, I am not a camper. I am a give me a giant bed in a hotel room and, and I'm set. But I think you have been camping. So your thoughts on camping? So my husband, into the yeah, my husband and I went camping uh, before before we were even engaged. So we were just like dating at the time. And my whole he's gone camping when he was little. Right. But my whole uh, thing was I need to have a real bathroom. So we didn't really have, like, the full-on camping experience because where we camped, the campgrounds had a real, like, full bathroom attached mm. to it. I didn't mind it. I thought it was kind you of fun. You didn't have to poop and bury in the I, woods? I did not. I did not. Like Cartman? Because, <laughs> again, another episode where they go, quote-unquote, camping. Um. <laughs> yep. No, I, we didn't have to do that. But I liked being out in nature. We tried fishing, and that didn't... That sucked. Everybody else around the lake was catching a fish. Oh, you got another one and another one. We didn't catch one. It was the stupidest thing. Some bad bait. But otherwise, I like being outside, so I thought it was fun. We used to camp in the backyard and stuff like that, too. I liked being... I don't think I ever did that. You okay, well, me and, me and Dad would set up the tent oh, in the backyard yeah, yeah. and we would do that. And my friends yeah. and I, when sometimes we would, they would have slumber parties or sleepovers, they would put a giant tent in the backyard and that's where we would sleep. Sure. And that was always fun. I liked doing that. But I need a real bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) And quality toilet paper. Yes. (laughs) I didn't hoard when this pandemic started, but I had to think about it. Because I need quality toilet paper. (laughs) Just gotta think about it for a second. (laughs) Because of the, the, the idiots that hoarded, that took my good toilet paper. The unnecessary um, hoarding. So they are on the highway, and the thing can barely move on the highway. They're causing a traffic jam behind them because <laughs> the thing cannot get up to where it's supposed to on the highway. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of how I feel about whenever I do actually see an RV, because the damn thing can never actually... No RV can go <laughs> the speed on the highway. But they're playing What's That Odor, which I remember from be- a kid. I might have this episode on VHS. Like, I can remember, like... As a kid, them playing "What's That Odor?" Dad's feet doing Bart, like <laughs> Lisa, right. yelling at both oh, of yeah, them. Oh yeah, yeah. Before they leave, I do want to point out the weird animation on Ned waving goodbye. It's like very like stopping. Oh, was go, it? Too. I think I missed that. Yeah, and the score here, Gibbs, who what's his name, Barry Gibbs, who d- does the score for, for season one, mm-hmm. plays. I'll I'll do the I'll do shelf life jukebox here because I cannot remember the name of the song but it's that chum chari dum da da oh yeah 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 right which i think is like a german song of some kind but because of this episode i always affiliate it with going camping that's true but that's played a lot in this episode he uses that one quite a bit you trying to find it i was gonna try to find it Found that one. Yeah, it's the uh, the Wanderer. The Happy Wanderer. Yeah, so the Happy Wanderer. So go ahead and look that one up, gang. It's a fun little song. It's a little, it's like a nice hiking through the forest song to listen to. I think so. <laughs> it's also, kind our, of, our, it's, it's kind of, uh, it also feels like our music that we play. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. <laughs> I was going to say, it sounds like a companion piece to, the, to Shelf Life's theme song. It really is. Um, there's a reason for that, and I think it's because, one, the theme, I think they're both from World War II. 
Um, <laughs> God. Everything's a circle. Everything's a circle. But we'll we'll talk about we'll talk about our theme one day. Where yeah, why we do it. There's a there's a movie we could talk about it for. Yeah, there's there's definitely reasons for it. But anyway, so anyway, Homer decides to take it off the highway because it's an all-terrain vehicle, and he drives it through a pond, and like their feet are getting wet because it's not an RV is not an all-terrain vehicle to begin with. But then of course Homer is taking them through like a lake and through the woods. This is where the score gets really cartoony, and this whole thing gets really cartoony. Like, oh, absolutely. Like, you can never kind of say The Simpsons doesn't get a little over the top from this point forward because it did. So, like, <laughs> they're like, should I stop? And they're like, yes. And as Homer goes to stop, it start, the RV comes to a halt and it's teetering over this, like, cliff. Right. And I do like Homer. Oh, yeah, this Homer's is great. Speech. Don't everybody make a move. And when I count to three get out of the car but before homer can get to three they all kind of slide out of the car and homer realizes like oh all right so then he just jumps <laughs> out of the car too. and as he gets out of the car the thing falls off the cliff and it blows up not a big explosion not as big of an explosion as you'd have in seasons going forward but still it, it blows up right just enough i kind of wonder at this point what happens like does he still have to pay for that though? i would think, think so he, like, right turns it into like, the insurance yeah like well there's one if he even got the insurance because there must have been an insurance that came with it and then yeah i don't know i think he liked the deposit and all that oh, God. oh yeah he's probably out of deposit but i, I it was I a it was a Homer... crappy rv anyways i don't think they ever thought they would sell it because they were probably just going to take it to the dump so no, I, it's hard it's hard to tell 50 a month out of true and... true Although I, I'm assuming Homer defaults on that one anyway. Like, I, I have a feeling he doesn't actually pay it, regardless if it falls off. Probably. But, so the family is scared, and Homer tells them that people would kill to be on an adventure like this. They're right. in the middle of the woods, and, and they get to be on an adventure. <laughs> and, and Maggie's shaking because she's crying, and or because or she's, she's upset. And I love that Homer's like, will somebody take care of her? And Lisa tries to point out birdies, but it's really vultures are right. circling them. <laughs> but Homer tells him, I'll relax, because he's an experienced woodsman. And he says, let me just walk over here to regain my my bearings. <laughs> and this, uh, this is a great little moment. What am I going to do? I've murdered us all! I've murdered us all! Shut out! Shut out! Do we get a do we get a Marge here? I think we get a I think the whole family does a random here. Yeah, we might get a Marge. I notice when he shouts, he sounds more Homerish. He yeah, sounds he sounds a little bit forward. more like Homer. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's I Dan Castellaneta is like figuring it out, mm-hmm. like how to make him sound more Homery right. at this point. But Homer ends up building this horrible shelter. It's just <laughs> a log with sticks over it. Uh, it's a wonderful shelter. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but he decides that they need to find some firewood. Is that what they go off to well, do? Well, they go out to get more stuff. I don't know if okay. they were actually I think they were just going to go for. find help. I can't remember. I think it is like just to get more stuff. To like to get more sticks and stuff. Okay. But he decides to bring Bart, tells Bart to come along. Right. 
And this is where I thought it was a little out of character for Marge, because Maggie starts following them, just because she's a baby. She right. wants to follow them. And Bart and Hubbard don't notice. And Lisa's like, should we should we tell Maggie not to follow them? And Marge is like, oh, no, it'll be fine. Or I'm like, I, I hope Maggie doesn't slow, slow them down. Slow them down. Yeah, like she that. thinks, yeah. oh, they know that she's following them. I just hope she doesn't slow them down type of thing. Right. But Maggie does the suck on her pacifier. I love that sound. She makes that suck on her pacifier, and Homer and Bart think that it's a rattle. A rattler! <laughs> so they just run off. Yep. And they leave Maggie behind. Yep. I did like Lisa tells Homer, find the North Star. Yes. And, and Homer's dumb reply is, that's great, Lisa, but we're not in astronomy class. We're in the woods. <laughs> That's where Lisa and Marge both do the. Hmm. Oh, that is where they. Okay. Down. Yeah. Mother daughter. Hmm. <laughs> Bart is afraid of dangerous animals, but Homer tells him if you leave them alone, they'll leave you alone. And when they're running away from what they think is a snake, but is really Maggie, they fall off a cliff. So they end up falling off a cliff anyway. Yep. And they fall off into a, um, a river. In the meantime. Marge and Lisa have made a much better shelter. Oh, a lovely shelter. Yeah, I would stay in it if need be. Right, and a and fire. I love that Marge <laughs> is sorting out the squirrels. Oh, so yeah, yeah, she's, she's just, she's just like, picking them up, and they're sweeping and dusting, and <laughs> she, she organizes them on a log. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So they're they've got it's a little uh, it's a little Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. It is. It is kind of like that. Um, but again, you cannot say that the Simpsons weren't didn't go a little wacky even back right. in season one because she's sorting squirrels a lot. <laughs> I didn't think that was crazy. <laughs> so we go back to Maggie, and Maggie uh, a bear finds Maggie, and it starts to intimidate her. But but before it can attack. Maggie pulls out a pacifier and sticks it in his mouth. Oh my, it's so can. cute. It is the cutest thing. I mean, it's, it's very... It's so it's wacky, but I love it. It's and wacky, but yes. So then the bear the bear apparently likes sucking on the pacifier too. And so they're just the sitting there just sucking there on, suck on their pacifier. It's like adorable to see a bear with a pacifier. <laughs> so Maggie has taken care of the situation again by thinking quickly, as Maggie does. Of course. In the meantime, we get we cut back to Homer and Bart, and Homer is grab he grabs onto something and, and he 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 can't find Bart. He only sees his lucky red hat, and he shouts to the heavens again. A lot of Homer shouting in this this. Oh one. yeah, um, but he 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 says my you know Bart's dead. Bart's dead. Yeah. <laughs> And this is a don't have a cow. I, I can't remember if he says don't have a cow dad or don't have a cow man, but this is a don't have a cow. I kind of hope it's I don't have a cow dad. I don't remember, but I, I like he that says better. Don't have a cow dad. Okay. Um, <laughs> and he sees Bart on the other side of the river, and he says, "You're alive and naked." And <laughs> and, uh, and Homer's also naked, and Homer does like a Tarzan yell and laugh, which also is funny. I don't know why the river pulled their clothes off. I have no idea. To just put them in more of a dire strait. Maybe they were like ripped off or something. So they're both naked and uh, now they're going to have to figure out what to do as they're both naked. In the meantime, the bear takes Maggie back to its 
is it a cave or a den? Is it a den if it's a bear? Well, I think it's it's a cave either way, but it's the, the bear's den. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for showing me up on that one. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So <laughs> the bear takes Maggie back to its den in a cave <laughs> with a bunch of scraps. <laughs> oh, my God. And explains using bear language. Oh, yeah, because the bears, they probably think they, they the other bear brought home food. Yeah, the other bears clearly think, although not all, hashtag not all bears. Well, no. Not all bears are carnivorous. No. Some bears only eat, like, berries and fish and stuff. Right. But I think... I think if they eat fish, they're still carnivorous. They refer... Right? No, they're... They're, they're not pescatarians, so... <laughs> Don't they only eat fish, though? There's no bears that eat fish and other meat. Okay, hang on. Let's go to the old search engine machine. Do bears eat fish and other meat? There's plant bears. Fish and meat are important. Most non-coastal bears. The According to bearsmart.com, your one-stop <laughs> shop for everything bears, some bears kill elk and caribou and stuff. Others live in areas where salmon, suckers, or other fish are part of its food. So right. I think it is more of an either-or, depending on where they're at. Okay. Well, I, f- I figured it was kind of like a, well, whatever they can eat, it's when there. In Rome. Yep, there you, when in Rome, they eat whatever the Romans it's eat. Their, it's their version of eating, like, going out for a nice steak dinner. Yeah. We're going to kill a deer. Oh, we're going we're gonna to have a deer. <laughs> but... I mean, they eat so more, I, obviously, before they hibernate, for the ones who do hibernate. So I would imagine that that's kind of when they go a little bit more meat-friendly. Yeah, you gotta pack on the pounds. I right. do the same thing in October and November. <laughs> before I hibernate. <laughs> but anyways. So anyway. The Simpsons. Yes, so... The, Are the, these black the, bears? I think they're black bears. Homer and Bart refer to them as grizzlies. I thought they were brown bears. Because they, they're not that big, but I don't know what they are supposed to be. They're cartoon bears. They're yogi bears. They're yogi bears. So the bear explains in bear language to the rest of the bears that Maggie was lost. And they all agree, basically, to take care of Maggie. We go back to Homer and Bart. Yeah, like they found they, a friend. Yeah, like, you know, we're just going to take care of this this human um this 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 is our human now yeah this is our he's our human now so so we can't go 10 minutes without quoting another (laughs) simpsons episode oops this is our real life though we can't go 10 minutes without quoting the simpsons period yes Um, (laughs) so this whole next part rachel you might just have to to do this clip because this is one of the funniest moments in season one to for me I love this entire scene. So Homer decide they have to make some fig underwear. So they they decide to get fig underwear. And even that dialogue is pretty good. Of like, <laughs> just put your this and this and a little, little mud there. Here, little mud here and there. But he decides to like make a rope out of a vine. And Bart goes, what are we going to do with that? Hang ourselves? <laughs> And Homer tells him, like, no, they're going to catch their dinner. We're ready to hit the town. But, Dad, I am so hungry. Can't we eat something first? I'm starving, man. Ah, food. Good thinking, son. 
This young sapling ought to do the trick. What are we going to do, hang ourselves? No! This is a trap. It's going to catch us our dinner. Come on, boy. Shh! Just watch. Ooh! Aha! Got him! I cannot tell you how funny, how, <laughs> how, how, to this day. I mean, I've, I watched this episode for 30 years, but um, for the folks at home, if you have not seen this episode, like look up this clip. I hope this clip is on YouTube because I mean, we will play it, but so he makes like a little, he thinks he's making like a little trap. Like it's like a little foot trap basically. And a rabbit comes by, and instead of the rabbit getting snarled in the foot trap, <laughs> it, it launches this rabbit like a catapult, like a yeah, like a catapult into the air, and then you just hear like a little thump. <laughs> it's so good. It's such a good joke, and it's something that you couldn't get away with in live action because it would be too animal cruelty. Like oh, you yeah, couldn't yeah, see no. a real a real rabbit get killed like this but in we don't know it's dead it's a cartoon it's a cartoon it's alive it might be fine but seeing it as a cartoon it's just so so funny (laughs) and then it's another great part of this is then homer's like okay another plan i'm gonna go into these bushes i'm gonna make a lot of noise and anything just flush something out of and then and then when i flush it out you step on it. Right. It's the worst plan. <laughs> it's such a bad plan. And and Homer goes in the bushes, and then there's just a ton of, like, animals attacking him. Just um, everything. Everything has got him. A snake. There's squirrels. Is there another rabbit? <laughs> it's just ridiculous. They're all biting down on him. This is something that would happen to Homer in seasons you know, five, six, five, seven, ten, twenty, you name it. And it would, wouldn't would feel out of place. No. And it was already happening to him in episode seven of the series. <laughs> right. So, so I, I mean, it's just, it's, it's great little jokes here of stuff happening to Homer. We cut to this obnoxious man camping. With his wife and baby. With his, with his wife and baby, yeah. And he thinks, you know, they haven't seen anything. They drove for hours. They haven't seen any wildlife. And the the wife makes a crack that like well the ranger said to watch out for bears and he does like this uh, I think it's Hank it's Hank Azaria it sounds just like Hank Azaria doing this like, <laughs> hello bears oh no bears here it's it's definitely it's a Datsun yeah <laughs> got Dotson. Datsuns here <laughs> and in the background um, <laughs> there's the bear. <laughs> Yeah, and the bears realize that, like, oh, there's this other family with a baby. And I assume maybe they're doing this to a couple other families if they can find Oh, they must be. They must be. For the amount of stuff they have. Yeah, yeah. Because they steal the milk that this family has and bring it back to Maggie. Yep. So that she has something to eat. I don't know how they know. I guess because they're like, well, that human baby is eating that. So we'll just bring that back for our human baby. Right. <laughs> it should be good. It's fine. That works. But then it is this montage of all the bears just going back and forth out of the cave, bringing toys and just piling it up by her while she eats. <laughs> <laughs> and I figured you thought this was probably pretty sweet because 
the bears watch the bears like surround maggie oh and then like it glows at night with like the the light and yeah the they lantern. got her a lantern oh it's so cute i love that it's adorable <laughs> that these bears are just taking care of her so we get maggie is just sleeping with her bear family that's taking care of her <laughs> and we get marge and lisa have made themselves a fire Yep. And they're perfectly fine and ready for bed. And they're like, oh, I hope Maggie hasn't kept the right kept the boys. And like, oh, I'm sure that they're fine. Mar- it's so like out of place for Marge to not be worried. Right. About um, the rest of them. Because yeah. her and Lisa are the only competent ones. Well, so is Maggie. But <laughs> she had to figure it out a little differently. <laughs> I, it, you could almost argue, knowing what we know about Maggie in future seasons, that she decided to wander off with Bart and Homer to make sure that they, they were. Die. Yeah, I, you know what? You're probably 100% right on that. And then we cut to Homer and Bart, and they're like shivering. You hear, I think you hear a wolf or something. <laughs> you hear some animal in the back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They try to get to sleep. And that's how, that's how Act 2 ends. But we come back. And Homer and, and Bart are looking for food, and, and I think we get uh, just a little further. Just a little further between Bart and Homer. <laughs> They're looking for food at this point. And they find a beehive. And Homer decides, being Homer, because this is, this is pure stupid Homer. Like, Ugh. this is as dumb as we've seen Homer yet in the series. Yep. He decides to reach his hand in to grab some honey. And he grabs it, and he thinks, oh, it's, it's kind of tangy. And... and the but he didn't course... just, yeah, I was going to say, he didn't just grab honey. He grabbed a bunch of bees. <laughs> a handful of bees. And he gets stung by a bunch of bees. Um, In his mouth, mind you. Right. So I think between the honey being pure honey and the bees stinging him, his mouth starts to swell up. He's like, I need water, I need water. And, and Bart goes, well, I think there's some over there. And he jumps into a muddy stream. Yeah, it's just like a mud pit. Or a pond. I think, yeah, it's just like a muddy pond pit. Mm-hmm. And there's a guy that is getting video of a deer. Um, like, he's like, you know, just as you do. Yeah, as you do. Well, you know, like, you, you go do, like, bird watching. Or no, like I take pictures, pictures of everything, so I understand yeah. that. Yeah. So he's taking pictures of a deer, but because Homer <laughs> so, like, callously, like, dives in... He ends up coming up with a bunch of mud on him, and being Homer, the appearance of Homer, the, naked Homer, the big, big dumb balding North American ape with no chin, <laughs> um, the quidgy bow he is. Yeah, he appears like he looks like Bigfoot to this uh, nature documentarian type guy, <laughs> and the cameraman runs off scared as Homer is like screaming incoherently. Because he, he's got the, you know, he, he can't say anything. I wrote down in my notes, this is really a, 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 a later seasons plot. It's very funny, but it definitely is. They could and just I, have and, a whole episode on him being Bigfoot. Yeah, we basically get, now that the plot changes, the whole rest <laughs> of the show, the whole rest of the show now is about Homer being Bigfoot. It's totally different. Um, and they say on the commentary how, he doesn't really look like Bigfoot, and if you look this up at home, gang, like, he doesn't. Like, his no. his chest is bare. Yeah, usually like, they don't have a belly showing. <laughs> and and he's just covered in mud, but, like, I feel like he would really need to be caked in mud to look like Bigfoot. Yeah. I mean, if, if, I would have thought it would have had to have to be, like, darker, he would have been a further away, kind of blurry. 
for somebody to actually mistake him for Bigfoot. But I mean, I guess with the that he does. What would your What would your people? What would your friends on the searching for Bigfoot? Would they mistake Homer for Bigfoot? Well, considering his size and probably the way that the man would describe Homer and saying like he has like his stomach showing, um, and the sound and everything, they may say, "Oh, it's definitely a Bigfoot." I think they definitely saw a Sasquatch. They probably would say it's a child Sasquatch because of his his uh, height. <laughs> he's too short. He would be oh, too, he's short. too short. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> there is a specific height for Sasquatch. Yeah, it's like over seven feet. I think is mm. what they say. I'm not. Yeah, so... I'm not like obsessive guys with with the with Bigfoot. It's right, just you're a our, show you are we're our, watching our right resident. now. You are our a Bigfoot expert. <laughs> This is one of the things that um, you're an expert on. Is yes, that, that's correct. Uh, I um, go uh, Sasquatch hunting um, every summer. We like to go try to find him in different places. Have you found him yet? Uh, we've uh, come across different sounds in the forest. Yeah. Um, and as we hear the sounds, we're just like, oh, there's got to be a Bigfoot here. That's definitely a Bigfoot. And then we right. leave. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then we leave. <laughs> That's what they do on the show. Well, do they? Every do they time say, they're like right there and like they couldn't find him, they're like, okay, now we're gonna leave. Well, it's like, what are you to, doing? Do they, do they say that because like he's supposed to be? Will he eat them? I don't think so. Or is he a Harry in the Hendersons? <laughs> well, I think there. So there's actually, I think it's Oklahoma. What's in Oklahoma? That is bullshit. There, there's one in Florida. It's called the Skunk Ape in Florida. It is called a Skunk Ape in Florida. Yes. But it, they're all the same Sasquatch. It's Sasquatch all like it's all like that genus, right? Exactly. <laughs> but there's there's actually a law in I think it's Oklahoma or Alabama somewhere around there. You know, one of those. <laughs> those are not. I know they're not near each other at all. I think it's Alabama. Hold they on. play in the same football <laughs> conference for college, so it counts. Hold on a second. What state was it? They don't play in the same conference in college. Foot. I know that. Oh, it was Oregon. Okay, so it was either Washington or Oregon. I was way off. Um, oh, I think it must be Oregon then. I was then. way off. <laughs> I think it must have been Oregon then. They have a law that you can't harass a Bigfoot. Oh, that makes sense. It makes sense. <laughs> I mean, Matt Groening is from Portland, so he would know that. So maybe that's part of it. Yeah. <laughs> There's a freaking law that states you can't harass a Bigfoot. As there should be. Don't, I mean, don't harass a big... No, no, you don't want to. That's, that's rude. They're just trying to live their lives. They're just trying to raise those kids. <laughs> They're trying to raise their kids. I'm glad you got it in. We got it in. I got it in. <laughs> I, we're never going to tell people where that reference is from. Oh, if they know, they know. That's all it is. <laughs> so anyway, now the show becomes about Homer being Bigfoot. And we cut to breaking news. <laughs> Bigfoot, legendary half-man, half-ape, is no longer a legend. He's very, very real. What you're about to see is unedited video footage taken earlier today in the hills three miles southwest of Tenderfoot Gorge. Now, the naturalist who took these absolutely extraordinary pictures was most impressed by the creature's uncivilized look, its foul language, and most of all, its indescribable stench. A popular supermarket tabloid has offered a reward of $5,000 to anyone who brings in the creature alive. 
Naturally, we'll have more on this story as soon as it develops. We now return you to the president's address already in progress. But I love at the end of that how he says, we cut to the president's address already in progress. So, like, we cut to the news, and it's a guy saying, like, the, the legendary Bigfoot's been found, and... and Already they're like, here's the footage, and they show the footage of Homer <laughs> as proof that Bigfoot <laughs> is there. And like they're gonna they're, there's gonna be a reward for it. And it's not Kent Brockman. It's not. It's a proto Kent Brockman. It doesn't have the Kent Brockman voice too. It's it's a very Schwarzwelder type gag, I, I think, but kind of based on like the episodes that he's written, <laughs> like the kind of jokes that you get out of there. I mean, granted it could be any any one of the writer's jokes, but it definitely seems like that. So now the place has become a huge tourist trap in a day <laughs> like less than um, a day because um well, i know where the bigfoot there. is now they're harassing yeah. bigfoot this is why this has become a law this is why it's a law in oregon for our listeners in oregon don't go out trying to find bigfoot and harass him you can find bigfoot just don't harass bigfoot so there's bigfoot t-shirts and i i saw bigfoot and all this stuff going on at this park that they're at Apparently you can't kill Bigfoot in Washington. Oh, that's good that they're cons- conserving him. I don't, I don't. I wanted to make sure it was Oregon, but it's not coming up now. Well, whatever. Go on. Well, we'll run with it. If it is, if it wasn't, now everyone thinks it is. <laughs> that's even everyone better. Knows. Yeah. So very quickly, and I think even in the commentary they point out that Lisa and Marge are just there found like, <laughs> like oh good thing that we found you like that's the end of that story. right no now we got bigfoot to talk about we've got stuff this to is go more interesting yeah they show marge a picture and she's like that isn't bigfoot that's my husband and we get yeah i don't spinny... think she says it's not bigfoot i think she just goes that's my husband oh yeah that's right that's my husband <laughs> she, doesn't, she doesn't clarify <laughs> that it isn't bigfoot she says that's my husband and we get the spinny newspaper articles <laughs> that say like i married bigfoot yep and then they're so then of course like there's a bunch of news reporters asking like what does he eat and <laughs> she she of course can't just be like it's not bigfoot no, she's she like complies. well i guess his favorite is pork chops <laughs> then there's another spinny newspaper yeah, then there's another newspaper that says like bigfoot, bigfoot says me. pork chops aplenty <laughs> <laughs> oh it's great but, uh, yeah, so this happens, and this is where we get, are we there yet? Just a little further. Are we there yet? Just a little further. Homer and Bart are still stuck in the woods. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, the bears are going to return Maggie to civilization. So they walk up to, like, this area where there's a news broadcast right. going on. And they're like, well, there's and people. And the guy's like, get these bears off the side. <laughs> <laughs> I love that this guy just walks up and is like, no bears, please, bears, get off the set. Stay back, bears. <laughs> and they just turn around and leave. <laughs> like, Maggie has fully domesticated this bear family. Oh, my gosh. Oh, but it is sad, because the one bear does turn around and looks, like, sad about leaving Maggie. Well, that's not yet. That's not yet. Oh, no. Th- oh, they okay. Go back to the, they go back to their cave. Oh, you're right. Um, <clears throat> after they're told, you know, bears get away. Bears leave. Yeah, so they go um, back to their cave. And Homer and Bart stumble upon the bear den. And they're like, Maggie! And Maggie runs up to them and mm-hmm. is like, oh, good, I found you. Um, and <laughs> they're backing off and they're doing like that nice grizzlies, nice grizzlies. Mm-hmm. So this is where like they're, so like they get out of there and Bart kind of says, 
you know, later Grizzly Dudes. It's a very Bart 1990 line. Yes. Yes, this is where I figured you felt sad that of you would have had a tear, Of course I did. Because the, the bears are genuinely upset that Maggie has to leave. Them. Right. But she does leave the one of the pacifier. Right, and so, like she waves. So, yeah, it's something to mem- remember her by. It's very I'd cute. I'd like to think that that's something to, for them to, to be able to remember her by. Absolutely. <laughs> and I did write down that that was sort of sweet, too. Um <laughs> They kind of hint that she's figured out how to communicate with them because she does the little wave, but she also does like a little like hand motion too. Right. So they run back into civilization and Homer... Still in his mud. Still covered in mud. Very important to point out that he is still very much covered in mud. Still Bigfoot Homer. And they think it's Bigfoot. So the people start chasing Homer down. And they, like, go to Bart, and they're like, that's a good thing that we found you. And Bart's like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> right. And... He's just completely like, what? But Homer starts to run away, and even Bart's like, run, Dad, run. Right. And, uh, and so they trank Homer, which, like, I feel like I feel like they explicitly had to be like, we need him alive. Do you have the tranquilizer dart? So people at home didn't think that they shot Homer. <laughs> shot Homer. <laughs> But Homer's been shot at before a couple of times already this season, so it wouldn't be the first time. Right. But they trank Homer, and I do love that Bart's like, oh no, dad! And Homer's like, avenge me! <laughs> like, <laughs> And then just falls asleep and starts snoring. <laughs> does he start snoring? I think he does, doesn't he? He might. I mean, it would be... I swore if he, he did. If he doesn't, he should have. <laughs> But then we get this cut to another news report where they have Homer in a tube in his underwear. (laughs) Where they just hand him a pork chop and he asks for some applesauce with the pork chop. Um, They're like writing it down. They're doing tests and studying him. and Yeah, but they eventually release him. They decide that they can't tell whether or not he's Bigfoot or not. And it's the weirdest for everything. Like... Folks, remember what we said at the beginning of this episode. It's about Homer getting an RV, and it ends with people not really, not being able to tell if he's Bigfoot or not. Which, like, he clearly is not Bigfoot. And on the commentary, even Al Jean was like, oh yeah, I was a little embarrassed that this is how the episode ends. John Swartzwelder, who famously will not do commentaries because he's a recluse, (laughs) he will not do commentaries. I don't know if this came from that script or if the, this was like part of James L. Brooks's thing of like, let's make it crazy. Yeah. Or if they all just were like, let's just go ham with it. And um, they all can't decide. And there's like a whole thing like Dr. Marvin Monroe and there's like this French doctor and this other like crazy looking mad scientist. And they all can't agree whether or not Homer is, is, <laughs> a, is Bigfoot or not. But they all decide it's either a sub-average human or <laughs> That's a the line. Yep. Homer's biggest fear is that the people at work are going to get a field day out of it. But it ends on a sweet note because Marge calls Homer her brilliant beast. And turns out the lights and that's the end of the episode. It's very cute. (laughs) Uh, This much I believe we can agree upon. This specimen is either a below average human being or a brilliant beast. Stupid pig. Oh, Homer... My brilliant beast. Mm.
I mean, it's a it's a sweet episode. It has sweet moments. It has very funny moments. It, it has very cute moments. Uh, what are your thoughts about The Call of the Simpsons? Oh, this is... I really like this one. This is probably one of my favorites from this season. Because <laughs> I just think it's it's fun. It's wacky. It's got cute stuff that happens. It's just goofy. I really like it. This is This is a good one. Yeah, I went back and forth a little bit because... Watching it, I was, like, not prepared for how kind of goofy it was, but it is, it is funny. It's a very funny episode, mm-hmm. and that's all that, that you want at the end of the day is it to be funny. So, yeah, it feels a little ahead of its time in that way. The Call of the Simpsons. But when we come back, our Simpsons season one keeps on rolling with a very iconic episode in The Tall Tale Head. Spike-haired, bug-eyed Bart Simpson, age 10, is the show star and family brat. Whoa, look at this place. What a dump. He is rude, mischievous, and often in hot water. He sent a note from school. What did you do this time, you little hoodlum? Whoop, get out of the way. I didn't do it. Nobody saw me do it. There's no way they can prove anything. This time, it is Bart's wise-cracking T-shirts that are in trouble. This one has been expelled from some schools for its profanity. Another, underachiever and proud of it, has been kicked out of classes from Orange, California to Fremont, Ohio, where Lutz Elementary School was the first to ban Bart. Around school, where tamer Simpson fashions are still allowed, reaction to the t-shirt Tempest is mixed. It's just a cartoon, and we won't act like Bart Simpson. If you're an underachiever, you shouldn't be proud of it. The Simpsons Network, Fox TV, will say only that Bart respects elementary school principals, even the ones who have nothing better to do than tell kids what to wear. Don't have a cow, Dad. The sad truth is all families are like us. And the Simpsons, even Bart, are not necessarily a bad influence on kids, according to some psychologists. This is something that they can grab onto and identify with. Um, if Bart's having problems and making it and doing okay, maybe I can make it and do all right, too. J.C. Penney's, the biggest Simpson merchandiser, has decided not to reorder the shirts that some schools have banned. But with a variety of Simpson items selling at the rate of one million per week, educators can't keep Bart out of school. Chris Bury, ABC News, Fremont, Ohio. This is one of those where the, in the past year, not to date the episode, but... It is where people were saying, oh, the Simpsons predicted it because of all the people taking down statues. Interesting. But that's not really what's going on in this no, episode. Like, at it's all. not. <laughs> no. In fact, it's not for several seasons where there's like a reason to take down Jebediah Springfield's statue. That's even, that's even truer. And it's not so like it's anybody not gets really... to know that anyways. Later. Right. So it's not like... I don't think that this is one of those. I mean, people say that about everything. People it's stretch like, everything from The Simpsons. They just want it to be. They've been on for 30 years. They make jokes every 10 seconds. Right. Like, of course, they're going to say something that eventually is similar. It's like, it's the Nostradamus effect, where it's like he said the most vague shit in the world, and then <laughs> you can just pinpoint it. Yeah. So the next episode that we have on our list for... The Simpsons season one is the Tell Tale Head. Did I say that right? The Tell Tale Head. Yes. Yep. 
And it debuted on February 25th, 1990, written by Al Jean, Mike Reese, Sam Simon, and Matt Groening. So That's a lot a four, of writers on this. Four writer one, which is not typical for The Simpsons, but four credited writers, uh, directed by Rich Moore. I don't know if we've talked about Rich Moore in the past, Rachel, uh, but he is a pretty prolific Simpsons writer. Hmm. Uh, I'm sorry, Simpsons director. He also directed some Futurama and okay. some of The Critic, but he also directed Wreck-It Ralph oh. and Ralph <laughs> Breaks the Internet and Zootopia. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I mean, like, when I say if there was no Simpsons, there was no all this other stuff, and uh, being somewhat hyperbolic, of course, but the the talent that the Simpsons produce for other things is evident every time we say a name and then we kind of go through the list of what they did. Yeah, that's, and, that's and very true. Example. It's like they just started from the Simpsons and then went on and did some more big things. Yeah. Yeah, like even producers or other people that, that you see pop up here and there, and, and we'll continue uh, highlighting that. But yeah, Rich Moore joining the list of people that have made success off The Simpsons. Mm -hmm. So this episode um, has to be considered one of the classic episodes from season one because of the fact that, one, it features Bart. And at this point, Bart Mania is going crazy. Yep. So they know that this is going to be a, an important episode because of Bart. And... It's also one of those episodes that for some reason has stuck around in the zeitgeist. So the plot of the episode is Bart cuts the head off of Jebediah Springfield's statue in the town square. And that comes back a lot because in the opening sequence now, I think that you see the head, the head either, the head either falls off mm. onto Ralph wiggum's head like it comes like it like plops onto his head oh that's or, right or, like, or it's something like Jimbo that or like cutting it off or something like that so like it it is it has stuck around because it's just one of those classic examples of like bart doing something mischievous sure and for some reason it's stuck around i think it also sticks around a little bit because and and there's more than this but i always i don't know why whenever i associate this episode with the simpsons did it from <laughs> south park because this is one of the episodes that they point to in that episode of something that the Simpsons did, because I don't think that, so not to get into that episode, we'll, we'll do that eventually, mm -hmm. but Professor Chaos's plan in that episode, whatever they were going to have him do was something the Simpsons already did, and, and right. we'll remember it more for that. But I know like he goes through the flip chart and one of them is like, I'm going to cut the head off off the town of Founder Samchu and General Destroy is like, Simpsons did it! Yep. Simpsons did it! So this always brings me back to the Simpsons. Did it. <laughs> I don't know why, but I, I I associate it with with that more than more than any of the other episodes they mention. In oh, that that's kind show. of funny. But yeah, this is Bart deciding to cut off the head of Jebediah Springfield's statue, and I think the fact that the town founder's name is Jebediah Springfield is a joke because Springfield is such a common town name why would like the fact that it's named after somebody that, i think yeah. that's one of those jokes like where are there li a lot of springfields that just happen to get their their name uh as a town apparently or is it just like he's just some random guy named springfield there are 34 states with a springfield it's a so, lot of states so 
<laughs> yeah. It's so all the, the same Springfield. Is... It's all Jebediah Springfield. The joke is <laughs> that, yeah, clearly that it's like there's actually a guy named Springfield as opposed to it just being super common. It's not the most common, apparently, but... Yeah. Interesting. Because Riverside is the most common, I guess. It seems so random. Well, I mean, it, they're just it's... like nature names. Springfield. Yeah, they're just the Springfield, the Riverside. Yeah. The, you know, whatever. Like, it, it's always to describe the area that you're in. Exactly. It's not unlike... Game of Thrones is River Run or... Mm, yep, that's true. I guess that's really it, though. The rest of them have kind of distinct names. I can't think of any of them that, like, has just a name of where it is. Anyway. So anyway, um, <laughs> should we get into uh, the tall... The tell... The, the, I'm gonna... I keep gonna... I'm gonna keep saying the tall tale head, but it's the telltale head. I think we can get into it. All right. So this is the first episode that does... It does two things that are weird. It gives you the title of the episode in the credits when the when the episode starts. So it says Telltale Head when it's doing like the written by, directed by credits. Right, yep. Mm-hmm. Which I don't think that ever happens minus one other time um, in season two. So that is weird. And then it's actually like a flashback episode. So it starts in the third act or it starts at like the end of the show. Listening to the commentary, they said that they did that because when they were doing the table reads they would get a bunch of laughs at the beginning of the episode and then the laughs would fall off oh interesting what if we mix it up so like the laughs are in the middle because i think that they were worried about they were worried that and i think it probably was just that the energy was people were just kind of tired sure but i think that they were worried that the endings were not hitting Mm. so that i guess they'd moved the ending to the beginning to just kind of see but i don't i don't know if it works i don't know if there's that many jokes in this opening sequence. No, yeah, it's it's really mostly kind of action-packed in the opening sequence. It's more movement, the, and, and it's yeah. there's not that many jokes. Because the episode starts with Bart and Homer are holding Jebediah Springfield's head. And do we see the head, or is it in a bag? Oh, do we see the head? I don't remember. I thought it was a reveal. Oh, I should mention, too, that the chalkboard gag for this episode is I did not see Elvis. Good one. And this is the one where Bart gets squished. Couch gag. Because there's only like three or four couch gags in the first season. I cannot remember if you see it or not. But I know that they're holding it. They might be holding it. You know what? I think they are holding just the head. Because there's like a still of them getting chased by the mob. And they're just holding the head. Okay, I thought it. W- I thought maybe we didn't know until later, and like it falls out or something. Now I really feel like I have to turn on the the movie. <gasps> Wait, I have no, because I think no, that makes sense because Bart shows it to the family later, so I think that makes sense that it's not like hidden. But what ends up happening is they're being chased by a mob. So the idea is that we don't really know how they've ended up in this situation, but they're being chased by an angry mob. And Homer and Bart are trying to get back to the town square. At this point, we don't even know who the head's, the statue's head is. Mm-hmm. But he just has the head in, in his arms. They turn the corner. There's a mob that advances on them. And then they end up in the town square. So before, oh, before they can be attacked, Bart tells Homer to leave. 
and he'll just take the brunt of the the mob. And Homer says that they'll die together like a father and son should, (laughs) which is a nice little touch by Homer. Bart climbs the statue and he asks them to spare their lives and listen to how he ended up in this situation. So this is how we end up getting into the flashback because the mob, for some reason, and and this is is this the first mob that we get of Springfield? Oh, I'm Which pretty is a, sure a commonality. Like, there's a lot of commentary about mob mentality. I think I would think so. From, yeah, from from the, from the town of Springfield and, and, <laughs> and the town of Springfield. Well, one of the things that I, this one of the things I really like about this episode, and one of the things I really like about a lot of the shows we'll talk about, like our favorite shows, probably is the world building mm, that happens. Yes. So this is the this is the first episode where I think we really establish Springfield. You learn about the town founder, you learn about their t- weird town pride that they have, <laughs> and you meet a lot of characters. Like, looking at the wiki, this is the first episode where you see Sideshow Bob, Reverend Lovejoy, Jimbo, Kearney, Dolph, Apu, Krusty... Outside of the shorts, you get an idea of like the one thing that unites them is Springfield. Is right. this the idea of the town? Well, the the interesting thing too is is every time they talk about like the founder and make it like this little, it feels like a little town, which is interesting <laughs> because sometimes they make it feel like it's this big like city, and then sometimes it feels like a little town where everybody's in everybody else's business. Well, and that and that's. Uh, you know, that's obviously by convenience, but it's right. also like by design. <laughs> it's it's as big as it needs to be when it needs to be. It's as small as it needs to be when it needs to be. That's typical Simpsons. So Bart climbs the statue and he tells the mob, just let him explain the story. And they're like, how long will that take? And he says, 23 minutes and something, something, which I think is the length of the episode. Yes, which, that's, which is that's... a typical length of a Simpsons episode. <laughs> yeah, that's the joke. And we end up getting into the flashback story of how he got here. So it starts with the Simpsons are getting ready to go to church, which again, I think this is probably the first time we see them going to church. Yes. And it's one of those things where it's like, back then, this was such a controversial family and they were like such a bad family to replicate. They go to church every Sunday. Right. it's, It's one of those things where it's like, I don't think, I mean... Obviously, again, we're in the middle of the pandemic, but I don't think a lot of people would say they'd probably go to church every Sunday anymore. No, I think a lot of people just go on the holidays at this point. Well, it's just like, I mean, it probably depends on your region. Like, it probably depends on, like, where you are or what kind of religion you are. But Well, we also know people who go that would probably go, like, three times a day if they could. Sure. But but I'm just saying... (laughs) The idea that they're a bad family who goes to church every Sunday, and it's just odd. That would almost be like a plus. Like, you wouldn't, one, you don't see. So I think, yes, they do go to church every Sunday. However, the way they are at church kind of also depicts, like, okay, bad families. So it's kind of, yeah, you're right. They go to church every Sunday, but they only go because Marge wants to. Well, and maybe that's one of those small town things where it's like you have to go to church or you'll that be too. kind of right. like ostracized. Right, because everybody knows your your business and it's like, oh, I didn't see you there last week. Like, <laughs> one of those. Well, I I was thinking it more of, I, and granted, I don't watch a lot of sitcoms, but I don't think that you'd see a lot of people going to church on like sitcoms. No, I don't know nowadays. No, I don't think so. Almost because like you wouldn't want to pin them down as a specific religion. As a specific religion, religion yeah. 
that's that could like, be why they don't, they don't really do that with the simpsons south park is catholic like those the kids except for kyle are catholic right in the simpsons they're some kind of christian they're some kind of protestant but you don't really know it's left more vague yeah and obviously south park does it for the jokes but but the simpsons i think it's purposely done that way so that it's they're a little bit more open christian yeah, but they don't want to get into what it could be. So anyway, they're getting ready for church, and Homer is watching football. He's gambling on it, of course. He doesn't <laughs> want to go to church, but he's listening to the game on the way, and he he doesn't want to go in. On the way in, Bart is listening to music in the most 1990s oh, style yeah. <laughs> Bart you can imagine. He's like dancing and stuff. Like you'd never see him. I don't think you'd see him doing this like three years from now. It just <laughs> looks not. so like little kid 1990 to be doing it. I laughed because Marge goes, a personal stereo. Like it's... The Walkman. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's such um... an old device then too. Because right. it looks and... like it's like plays cassettes and has a radio on it. That's what yeah. it looks like. Yeah, I think it's a radio and plays cassettes. Because I think Bart is listening to a cassette. Right. And Homer doesn't want to come in because he wants to listen to the end of the game. But Marge yells at him that he needs to come in. So he gets the idea to take Bart's... Oh, I'll just take the boys. And decides <laughs> that he'll listen to the game during church. And this is Reverend Lovejoy... So Reverend Lovejoy, much more of like the fire and brimstone-y giving the gospel reverend at this point. Yeah, throwing his arms up and being a little more animated than what we'll end up seeing of him, which is kind of a lazy minister. <laughs> which, I mean, but they do account for that as he goes on of how he kind of lost his passion for it. Right. So they do kind of ex explain how he could go from one to the other. In Sunday school, so they're asking who can go to heaven. Who's allowed yep. into heaven? Right. And the kids just keep asking questions. <laughs> and this felt like a Matt Groening skit, almost. Because it felt like a light, like like his life in hell style. Right. Where it's like, okay, if you just open this up, if it's too abstract, the kids are just going to ask you a million questions. Right. Well, because now you said like, well, who exactly? And then they're going to be like, oh, can this type of person, can this person, can this animal go to heaven? Right. Right. I said that she was giving bad answers because they were like, am I going to get to see like my dogs and have her this? And she's like, I don't know. And yes, and, like she like, it basically drives her nuts. But, right. Yeah. She pretty much she, says like, no, only if you're, you come to church, then you get to go to heaven. And that's yeah, she's kind of very like, specific. Yeah. I, I laughed when she does. Is a little blind faith too much to ask? <laughs> like... She just can't take it anymore. Yep. And we come back to the Sunday school a few times during the series. This is probably the first time where they just kind of introduce you to the idea that while the adults are in the church, the kids are learning a little bit in Sunday school. Which is true. That's, yeah, I mean... We've done that. Well, I did that. Yeah, I think... I don't remember doing that, but... I mean, we had Sunday school. Well, it we was literally had. It was like so, like during church, then they would have the kids go downstairs, and then they would do. I don't remember what we would talk about or do downstairs, and like then a, it was like the gospel interpreted for children. Basically. I think it must have been, and then we'd go back upstairs for the host. The and, rest of the yeah, then yeah. and then that was the end of it. And it always felt faster doing it that way than actually just staying <laughs> upstairs. <laughs> 
So but maybe we, that was we, another reason why. <laughs> but we actually had like, you had to go for an hour. Well, then you're just talking about like those religious classes after school where they would make us go to like a, another room and they would come and do all of yeah. that. Yeah. That was different. Homer has decided then to use the Walkman. I assume it's a Walkman. They never say Walkman. I feel like they didn't want to say Walkman because they that's a brand name. Right, yeah. That's why it's a personal stereo. <laughs> and Homer has turned the game on. So he's got an earbud in, which like nowadays you could probably get away with because you could have like a little... Oh yeah, like the little, uh, little like the wireless buds in your ear. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Back then, I think someone would at the very least have seen it. Oh yeah, I mean, on come Homer. on. This is... I do like a, this part, though. Well, so Reverend Lovejoy is giving a sermon about gambling, and his, Ironically. Lips, match up, his <laughs> lips match up to the announcer. Um, so whatever the announcer is doing, it, it tells you that Homer's basically watching Reverend Lovejoy and hearing the announcer in his head. Right. So one weird thing was the commentary said that they didn't want Reverend Lovejoy's voice to match. It didn't match perfect. It didn't match perfect, but I thought it was enough, and it almost, it's funnier that it does sometimes. Yeah, like, like sometimes I, it looks perfect, and then sometimes it's just his movements that kind of work with, like, the, the rhythm of what the announcer's doing, and... Yeah, so, I mean, I think that was the animators in Richmore having a better idea of what could be going on than than the writers in that particular case. Sure. For, for me. Homer's sitting there waiting, and suddenly there's a field goal attempt, and the kick is up, and it's good. And Homer <laughs> jumps up. They're lining up for this crucial kick. One final tick of the clock remains. If they win, it will cap an amazing comeback, but it's a 49-yard field goal into the wind. Make it, make it, make it, make it. It's good! It's good! It's good! It's good to see you all in church. Please be seated, Homer. Yeah, sit down, Homer! Everyone kind of turns and looks at Homer, and Marge is embarrassed and is like, mm -hmm. sit down, Homer! So, uh, <laughs> but on the way out, I couldn't tell. I think Lovejoy was being sincere when he's like, oh, I, I seem to have struck a chord with you, Homer. And Homer's like, oh, yeah, great job, Rev. And like, <laughs> Marge, is, Marge is still mad at him because she embarrassed him. Right. Or he embarrassed her. But I think he, he was being sincere. I don't think he realized that It sounded that more was... sincere than being, like, sarcastic about it. I think he thought, oh, I, I actually think I did get to somebody today, you know? and Because Homer just had an outburst, which... <laughs> yeah. Which he, uh, so Marge, which he saw as, like, a good thing. Yeah. So Marge is mad at them on the way back, so she kind of chastises the family a little bit, which is obviously her main role in season one. <laughs> um, you get some of the kids talking about what they learned in Sunday school. I liked that Homer was offended that the teacher told them that apes can't get into heaven. <laughs> um, That's true. Because um, Homer might be counting on that a little bit, being Homer. Because he is, because he's a, well, he is Bigfoot. He's a and Bigfoot, yes. <laughs> he's, he's a brilliant beast. <laughs> and on the way, they, they drive by the movie theater and they see Space Mutants 4 is playing. And Space Mutants, I think, was a kind of a running gag in the early seasons where they just kept... Uh, it kept sneaking in. It's supposed to. I think it's obviously supposed to be like a B movie, 
ripoff kind of a thing, but at the same time, like, or maybe Friday the 13th or something mm. like that. Okay. That's what I Something got. where it's, like, scary, but with aliens and... It's a bad, it's a bad movie, but I feel like... King Probably something Kodos, enjoyable. <laughs> I feel like King, King and Kodos is, like, the ultimate, we, this is what we got out of Space Beyond. Oh, yeah, that, that could be it. <laughs> Bart wants to go see it. Marge doesn't want, doesn't want him to. You get later in the day, Bart asking Homer for five bucks, and Homer's, like, just... As I, as you do. I mean, this is this is me on a regular basis nowadays. I'm laying on the couch, uh, <laughs> doing absolutely nothing because that's a good ass Sunday. Homer <laughs> has it right. Homer and Bart both have it right. Bart's gonna go to the movies. Yep. Homer's gonna sit on the lay on this couch yep. and do absolutely nothing. Lazy Sunday. Those are beautiful days. Beautiful days, folks at home. If you get a chance to do absolutely nothing on a Sunday. I know that we're in this pandemic, and I hope that we're our our listening uh, has gotten you through it. But <laughs> when it's over, you're gonna beg for those Sundays where you get to do absolutely nothing back. <laughs> Take advantage of them. Take advantage of them now. Cherish them. <laughs> Bart gets the five bucks from Homer, and Homer's kind of like, "Oh, you're not gonna go see that movie," <laughs> but he doesn't really <laughs> care. So, so he 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 gives Bart the money, and Bart leaves on his skateboard, and this is where you get a cowabunga out of Bart Simpson. That's true. Is this the first cowabunga? This might be the only cowabunga. That's also true. Because I'm sure that there were T-shirts that said cowabunga on them. Matt Groening insists that he never said cowabunga, but it's right here in black and white. There it is. Wait, like, wait, wait. Cowabunga. We're, gonna play, we're gonna play the clip right now. Cowabunga! <laughs> you got to. So Matt I mean... Groening was like, that never happened. He never said cowabunga. That was only the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. No, Bart did. I think Bart says it because of the turtles. Oh, probably. The turtles predates the Simpsons. Right. But it's there. I think he spills out on his skateboard a little bit. Jimbo, Dolph, and Kearney are here, and we get the other bullies yep. of the series. And I don't really know if Jimbo, Dolph, and Kearney have any specific... I think Dolph and Kearney are named after... I know Kearney is named after like a something in Portland, Oregon. Okay. And Jimbo is apparently named after James L. Brooks. I think Dolph might be something in Portland, Oregon, too. But there they are. They basically, like, Nelson joins their crew eventually. Eventually, yeah, yeah. Not right of, now, but... Yeah, because they're supposed to be older. That's true. That's right. They're supposed to be, like, junior high-ish kids. And Bart's clever, so he kind of... He's able to be clever enough to make Jimbo laugh or, like, make one of them laugh, making fun of the other. And they ask they tell him, like, sneak into the theater with them like, instead of, like, paying for the movie. Yeah, why pay which, full price type of thing? Right, which, five bucks for a movie, I could only hope for. <laughs> which maybe you can get that if you go to the matinee. Like, he's going to the matinee on a Sunday. That's so true. So maybe five bucks, you can still get away with that, maybe? I think it is cheaper still to go to a matinee, I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, I haven't gone to a... So, folks, to give you an idea... Because what we haven't talked about a movie, I mean, we said we went to the theater to see it, like, but but, we're, but we haven't gotten to a movie where, like, you and I went to the theater to see it, because we haven't talked about anything post-1998 yet. When we get there, we'll talk about, you know, if we went to the movie or not, but Rachel and I go to the movies mm-hmm. 
at least a week after it came out or at, yeah at least a week after it came out because you got to get rid of those fans we i hate fans <laughs> um as much as a fan as i am of things i don't like other people that like the same thing because i'm a hipster doofus but no it's more like i just doofus. want i want it i want it calm you know you go see the avengers on the day that it comes out you're gonna get a ruckus crowd. Oh I yeah. I want to watch the. You want to watch? We want to watch a movie where like the other people are there to also appreciate the movie and not just be like loud and obnoxious and yeah. So we go at like ten crowds. o'clock at night. Yes. So we don't go to the matinees because <laughs> the matinees are gonna have kids in them. That too. Yeah. No good. No good. <laughs> so anyway, Bart sneaks into this theater with them and sits down to watch the show. And eventually, I just have that Bart is imitating what the older kids do. So they're like putting their feet up on the mm-hmm. on the uh, the, the, seats the seats in front of them. So like Homer, or Homer. So Bart's doing the same thing, and then Bart's making fart noises yep. to like get them to laugh. Classic, kind of like riffing the movie at the same time. Yeah, yeah, a little a little MST three King of it. <laughs> Again, MST three K and riff tracks. Another thing that made us who we are yes. doing this <laughs> they were they were our red letter media before red letter media it's also very true they're making fun of the movies and and they're farting the and, and yeah, putting the their feet up. Fine. so in the movie like the I, this is this is very cinematic space aliens grab the kids that are like trying to make out in the movie yep and lifts them up and then you go you come to the movie theater and the usher grabs jimbo and bart and picks them up in the same fashion and it's clearly a it's clearly the squeaky voice teen but he doesn't have the squeaky voice voice yet don't you think (laughs) it's gotta be the the pimply faced guy Yeah. yeah i think it's close to that but we haven't really gotten there yet he has so been anyway, established. Get, yeah, but it's it's a prototype version of, of him. And uh, the manager kicks them out, and they decide to go to the Quickie Mart. And Bart is buying squishies while Jimbo, Delph, and Kearney are shoplifting. And we get our first appearance of a poo, Nahaspi Petalong. It's a fantastic character. Voiced by Hank Azaria. And here's the thing. In 20-whatever year we're recording this in... <laughs> It is, <laughs> I got, you got to keep it open for if people are listening to this 20 years from now. But <laughs> in the, like nowadays, Apu is kind of more of a controversial character. I could see that. he's got a stereotypical Indian accent and he's a shopkeeper, like a drugstore shopkeeper, the Quickie Mart, a right. 7-Eleven type of guy. And it's, it was, it's a stereotype to be like an Indian person or Pakistani person would own like a 7-Eleven. Even back then, it was probably a stereotype. In fact, they didn't want this to, according to the commentary, they didn't want ethnic voice or I think, I can't remember like what the phrasing was that they used. Sam Simon said, don't do anything like that. Okay. But Hank does the voice in the room. The room goes nuts because the room must have, during the the Mm read-through, must have just like, for some reason, it connected. So they said, like, okay, well, I guess he's Indian now. Like, what's the name of this character? Because I don't sure. know if he na- they name him in this, but eventually eventually in the season, he gets the name Apuna Haspian Padalon. Right. He gets a full uh, name, right. Which is... I think he may have just been Apu in this, because he, he like, when been... Homer come, goes there, it, I, 
later on in the season, I think he's called a poo, right? Or is that... Or do they even yeah. say that in this one? Eventually they name him a poo. I can't remember if they say his name in this one or Okay. Not, but it is his first appearance. And he is a great character. Yes, he might have been like a one-note stereotype joke. But he is kind of lovable. <laughs> but yeah, well, he is, yeah, he's a lovable guy. And he gains a lot of character. Oh, absolutely. As the, he's got an arc. Like, he's, he's one of the more fully developed Springfield and mm-hmm. Springfieldians, Springfielders. I like Springfieldians. In, in the show. And as much as a stereotype as he might be, I do think for people that kind of were growing up with The Simpsons, you probably learned a lot about Hinduism and stuff like that from Apu. That's true. But like nowadays, and I think it, I can't, I'm not going to get into like the whole like a problem with Apu and like all of that stuff that somebody the controversy. made like a blog or a movie or documentary or whatever it is. I, I, Again, it's for us, we're basing it off of what's there. I will say this. I'll say this a thousand times. Damn you past for not being as progressive as the present. Like, you, <laughs> yeah, you, gonna... you, we can't really. It, it, it is what it is at this point. The past isn't going to be progressive like it is now. It isn't. No. It's the past. That's why it's the past. It's what it was before. Like, then, yeah, and... like, all oh, that sucks and gross. It doesn't really work now. But at the same time, it's it, that's. Just that's but, where it is. It's recorded. It's done. I and I, I, I think Apu is just. I fun. like Apu. Anyway. I like the character Apu. I think he's fun. Yeah, he's a fun I, guy. His last name Nahasa Pima Pedalon is. I think there's a there's a there's a gentleman out there that uh, is named Nahasa Pima Pedalon that went to school oh. with one of the people that worked on The Simpsons and. Uh, I think it was Richmore. I think I I'm gonna get who it was wrong, but I know in one of the commentaries they say that the story is, and I'm now I'm just stealing a story from the commentary. But you none of you people are gonna listen to it. So the the story is that in gym class the gym teacher would do like roll call, and they'd go to they'd go to Nahaspima Pedalon and they'd just go ah there's my guy because they didn't know how to say his name. <laughs> so he's like full he's forever immortalized. As a Pooh's last name. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's not going to be the only one that had an issue getting their name said correctly. A lot of kids have that problem. <laughs> but a Pooh, first appearance, here he is. But as Bart is buying Squishies, which is just the ripoff version of a, um, what's the 7-Eleven version called? I only ever think of them as Squishy. A slush? Slurpee? Slushy. Slushy? Slurpee? No. Slurpee. 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 <laughs> they are stealing stuff, and Bart starts to question them a little bit here. Are you are you that tired? Are are we not? Are we not? I'm always tired. Are, are, are we? Are is this, are is this boring you, Rachel? No, I had a long day no. yesterday. But Bart realizes that they were stealing stuff. He was a distraction to, for them to be able to steal stuff. Right. You see that he's starting to like question it a little bit. Bart's a rambunctious kid, but he doesn't. He thinks he doesn't do bad things. Bad things. (laughs) (laughs) But he doesn't say anything because he doesn't want to. He doesn't want the group to be mad at. He wants to stay cool. He wants to stay on the inside with the group. Right. They go to the town square and they start throwing rocks at the statue of the town founder, and this is where we learn about a little bit about Jebediah Springfield. We're introduced to him. Yes. We get an idea. Like, 
he killed a bear with his bare hands <laughs> and like the different the, the different legends about Jebediah and they tell Bart to do it too and Bart picks up a rock and throws one and and you can tell it kind of like hurts him a little bit to do it and one of the people that owns a store which is <laughs> a character that never comes back which is Mr. Dandy of Dandy's Dan- Candy Most Dandy just the, I don't think that ever just, comes back. Does ever. Not come back. I don't even think it's in the virtual Springfield that No, game I don't we think it is. About. And I oh god, I played that game way too much. And I don't think it is in that game at all. <laughs> you had to collect all the cards. I did. I wanted to I was a completionist. <laughs> so they decided to go cloud watching and they're saying like a bunch of different things that like look the clouds look like, which folks I hope that people still go cloud watching. I can't say that I've done it in 20 years because I just don't think I have. I don't even think like in college. Like I feel like people in college that would sit on the quad and do nothing. That's kind of as close as you get. Probably. Where you could just relax in the in the sun. Now I want to go do that. It's sunny right now. I'm just going to go outside. <laughs> Bart sees one that looks like the statue with its head cut off. And they kind of say they wish somebody would cut off his his head and how cool it would be yeah and bart's saying that in history class which like whoa bart learned this in history class he's this revered figure right jebediah springfield which we we learn now he's a revered figure we'll find out later whether or not that stays true uh come back to in years from now on self life (laughs) i'm sure (laughs) it's a it's a later golden age simpsons episode Bart walks away kind of embarrassed because they tease him for defending Jebediah. And on the way home, Bart looks at the statue again and starts to get an idea about how he could be cool. So Bart walks home. Homer and Maggie are looking through the magazine to get a bowling ball. (laughs) Another bowling ball, yeah. Well, this is set up because Homer Homer did get something at some point where he was able to he'd be looking for a bowling ball. He'd be looking to buy a bowling ball. Okay. I can't remember which episode it was, but... Well, hold on. I think... I don't think we're there yet. Well, he doesn't get the bowling ball yet. But, like, he's thinking about it. Yeah. I don't remember if he... Which one that would have been in. Yeah, I can't remember either, but... They're looking for... If we can find it, we'll, we'll, you know... Whatever. Because, like, he gets money or something so that he can get a bowling ball... I don't remember why he, why it's like, it kind of fits the timeline. But anyway, Homer and Maggie are looking through the magazine to get a bowling ball. And and Bart asks Homer, how important is it important to be popular? And Homer says it's the, it's the most important thing. As long as he doesn't kill anyone, it is the (laughs) most important thing. The most important thing in life. Can I talk to you about something? Sure, boy. What's on your mind? Well, I was wondering... How important is it to be popular? I'm glad you asked, son. Being popular is the most important thing in the world. So, like, sometimes you could do stuff that you think is pretty bad so other kids will like you better? You're not talking about killing anyone, are you? No. Are you? No. Then run along, you little scamp. A boy without mischief is like a bowling ball without a liquid center. And Bart takes this to heart. And so at night, Bart gets... I don't know where he gets this ninja outfit. I don't know. Maybe it was like a Halloween costume or yeah, something. Maybe it's a Halloween costume, but he has a ninja, like a full-on ninja outfit. It's kind of cute. 
I'm, I'm sure there's a I'm sure there's a an action figure. Oh, I bet Bart, Bart the ninja. And he goes to cut the head off using like a saw. And I said he does a hell of a job. Oh man, off of this statue's head because I mean we've. I don't know what this statue was made of. Like, I know Springfield's cheap, but, like, just sawing a head off would take hours. Oh, man, it would take so long. And then it would be heavier than hell. It would be probably really heavy, and I feel like this is one of those things where it would have been impossible for him to get this thing chopped off. I think so, too. But he does, and he's able to cut off the head of the statue and we get like a a shot of the landscape almost and we get him going what have i done like he immediately regrets it right so then we get a it's not our first reference obviously to movies but we do get you know one of those like more obvious references where the next morning bart wakes up and he turns and the head is in bed with him like the, the chopped off head oh yeah it's like, like it's like a, the horse head type thing. Yes, exactly. But he so did it to reference. himself. <laughs> That's true. He, he did it to himself in this one. So not exactly like that, but it is definitely the first of many, many, many Godfather references uh, that the Simpsons will have. I'm sure that there's a there's got to be a YouTube video where somebody has like put all of the God like all of the Godfather and all of the references together. Like oh, I would to imagine that like there is. <laughs> there definitely um, could but, be. But yeah, this is definitely a reference to The Godfather. So he puts it in a backpack, which I don't know how he got it to fit in a backpack, but he did. That is really uh, big. Like, it would have to be, like, the stretchiest backpack. <laughs> he couldn't have anything else in there. And then it's so heavy again. I just, I couldn't imagine having this head yeah. <laughs> to lug he around. He comes, down, he comes down to breakfast and it makes a big clink noise. Mm-hmm. which should be the tip-off. But then the radio, because it's 1990, the family has the radio on while they're all eating breakfast. And uh, the radio talks about how the head was cut off. And the family is all upset about that. And then they're asked that if anybody has any information about who might have cut off the head, and I think it's Chief Wiggum saying it. If anyone Probably. Has, any, has any information about the head to dial... Oh, and he says <laughs> that number again. Oh, which obviously is a joke because it's not one. The no, that number again. Oh, oh is not a number, right? Um, and it's only one number. So it's, that's kind of the. Isn't that, the wouldn't that, that just? I, I guess it would just be operation. But what? Why? Why would you even? Because well, I guess do like that? you'd be like you'd. What you'd would O be? be? Like four? One, I think it's six. Isn't O six? Gotta have a phone by you. Yeah, but it's not gonna have like the number. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? You can get a dial. Oh, there we go. It is six. Yeah. So you're dialing six, or are you dialing <laughs> zero? That's my question. <laughs> yeah, folks at home, decide whether or not it was six or zero. Let's do a poll on it. And see, uh... <laughs> if you knew about uh, any information about Gemini Springfield, would yeah, you if have? You have information would you have about dialed... Gemini Springfields? <laughs> Please dial the number O. <laughs> that number again. Oh. oh. But that's the kind of humor that I like that The Simpsons has. On one level, you can laugh about it because it's just one number. 
like as a kid you can get that joke but as an adult or a, a smart adult i i should say you get the joke is that the number o like it's not a number so like it works on a few different levels like the football in the groin <laughs> my god but the family is distraught about this because again everyone idolizes jebediah springfield and homer is mad and bart realizes like the ramifications of his actions and we get a little bit of going around the town and getting people being mad that the head's cut off. Like, right. To the point where, like, Mr. Burns is mad that the head's been cut yeah, off. Yeah, like, there's... like, everybody is mad. Everybody really, truly loves the town they're in, apparently, because why would else would you be mad that just this random statue in town square got its head chopped off? And Moe's Bar, people are mad. The retirement home, people are mad. And it's just, like, all over the place. And Bart is getting, you know, more and more, like, paranoid. Right, he's upset at this point. He doesn't know what to do. But he's done the whole thing so that he can show off to the bullies, the older kids. So he goes and finds them, and he's getting ready to show off. Right. Like, he's getting ready to take it out. But But they tell him that they beat up the guy. So he, like, immediately, like, puts it, zips the bag back up. <laughs> nope, nope, not gonna do this. <laughs> yeah, he's like, you guys said that you'd, you'd want to do that. And exactly. they go, like, that was just cloud talk. Yeah, cloud talk. <laughs> Which I'm gonna try to use at some point. But that was just cloud talk. Because, I mean, it is. It's just cloud talk. It's just cloud talk. It. At this point, the head starts to talk to Bart. <laughs> and, and I was trying to think of, I, like, feel like... I feel like that this is, I mean, it's obviously supposed to be like Bart's conscience right. or whatever, but you get, you so you get the idea of Jebediah Springfield, what, what his voice would be like. <laughs> right. But I was trying to think of what this reminded me of. I feel like I had it when I was watching the episode. It does seem to like have a, like an idea. I don't know. But there, it seemed like some kind of reference. And if not a reference, just kind of like that I type know, of like trope. Where trope. It's, yeah. yeah. Where it's like he he's conscious starts talking to him, so it's uh, the inanimate object that they have starts talking to him as the conscience. Yeah, that's it, that is like a trope for a story, absolutely. Bart is at home, and I think this is where it definitely gets to him. Get your opinion on this, Rachel. But Krusty is saying that you need to turn in the culprit, and if you know who did this, we need to find who did this, and mm-hmm. the fact that. Bart's hero is Krusty the Clown, and now Krusty hates him. Right. And I it just, like, that... I think that really crushed him. Yeah. I think, like, that is, like, the tipping point where, like, Bart realizes, okay, he can't get away with this now. Like, he needs to figure out how to get the statue back. Yeah, he's. To... I think he really wants to, like, fix it, but he's not gonna be able to fix it. <laughs> yeah, and because he's not able to fix it, he decides to bury it in the backyard. Yeah, like why is he burying it in a back? I would have just put the head next to the statue and then just walk away. Just, just <laughs> there it is. It's back. Okay, just fix the statue. If it was yeah, me, like that's what I mean. In real life, this has happened before. Where like some jackass steals something. It happens sometimes. I remember. I don't remember. I remember this happening at our high school because, of course, our high school you know, was weird, but... Um, I don't think this is like, weird, but yeah, well, go there on. Was like, there was like a pile of... During that, like, Christmas time when people would give mittens and shit to the homeless people. Oh. Uh, toys for yeah. kids. And someone stole it. Oh, jeez. And I remember, like, uh, our 
the news that like the kid like the ba, 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 like the kids news that yeah. come on during the day them being like you've hit a new low you stole like i feel like that and like it would just show up the next day or like a day or two right it was like well crap like somebody's gonna like oh i did kind of do like a bad it. thing yeah or they just didn't want to get in trouble so like yeah that makes more sense or like because like, yeah. like even in my college like you'd go to the you go to, to the uh the dining hall and people would steal like the silverware and plates and cups and stuff for like i guess just personal use in the dorms but then like then they have like a bucket that says okay well just bring it back when uh at the end of the term and people would they would just put it in there i'm like seriously why did you steal that (laughs) well and and a fork definitely the equivalent (laughs) of the statue of jebediah I know. I'm sorry. We're I didn't sorry. have, a, I didn't have another. I didn't have another uh, example in my head. But but you are right. He should find a time. He should do the same thing. He should ninja out of the house. Set the, and he should just put it away. Set, set the set the head down and then just leave it. It's leave back it. and then they can fix it. And but Bart wants to bury the head. I feel like if he buries it and maybe that's where the telltale head comes in like the telltale heart uh, he's trying he to bury it. it yes yes of course see see it's that beating of something. the hideous heart <laughs> lisa's saying it in that episode i tried is years away <laughs> is again one of my favorite moments but i mean i think i hear something <laughs> um, again our simpsons episodes just references to other simpsons episodes <laughs> But I think maybe that is where the title comes in. Like I can. No, that makes sense now. Yeah, I kind of I understand why they had to bury it. So yeah, so he wants to bury it, but as he's burying it, the head of Jebediah is telling him not to do this, (laughs) and and he could be a hero for standing up for what he did wrong. Mm -hmm. Is what the head tells him. I get Bart wants to be a good kid. At the end of the day, he wants to do what's right. So I do think like his conscience gets the best of him. He wants to do the right thing. And, and instead, and he, I don't know if this is how the Sunday school part got into his head too. Mm. Go, you know, going to, they didn't, they never really talked about, they, no, they, talk like, about, like, they didn't really talk later. about sin and hell or like doing something bad, like causes that. No, they were just talking about who gets to go to heaven. Yeah. So maybe, maybe not, but he, he just wants to do the right thing. Right. And he decides doing the right thing is owning up, at least to his family, that he did it. Mm -hmm. So he comes in. As he walks in, we actually get a little bit of a historical account of Jebediah. He killed a bear with his bare hands. That's (laughs) B-A-R-E pants. (laughs) And they said, although now most historians think that the bear probably killed him. (laughs) (laughs) But that feeds into what we learn later on about Jebediah, that yep. there's a lot of tall tales about him. Maybe the bear didn't, he, maybe he didn't actually kill the bear. The, the bear probably killed him. <laughs> little by little, like the truth kind of comes out about right. historical figures, which is true nowadays too. Absolutely. People, people have a hard time finding out the truth about a lot of people from the past, but... Right. You got or like again, that, those extra are another... those extra pieces of their life that they just don't really talk about because it was normal back then and nowadays it was, it's like oh wait a minute yeah you know? it was either normal back then or people just want to have a very sanitized view of it that because too they, they want to believe that there was like a good or there's a bad and there's not a lot of gray but if there's probably sometimes... a lot more gray in history than 
we really yeah, want to the, admit, again, especially when it's like depends on who's writing it. Yeah. And again, our thing on shelf life is we kind of want everything to be out in the open. I don't want anything to to necessarily be put in a vault and never talked about again. I just want everyone to know where everything comes from. Right. And you can enjoy the art again, separate from the artist. Exactly. So anyway, I don't know how we got on. Oh, because we were talking about Jebediah. Yeah, we got so on anyway. a rant right there. Huh? We got on a little rant. Yeah. It's okay. Bart reveals the head to the family. And Homer goes like, I knew it! Like, he, he's immediately mad and like every, and everyone's kind of mad at him. Bart is like, Where did you, why did you do this? And Bart says, like, I got in my head that being popular was the most important thing. And Homer realizes that he gave bad advice yep. to Bart. So Homer ha- kind of has to confess to giving that advice. So Marge tells homer that he has to go with bart to put the head back yep so now we end up back to where we we started the episode where homer and bart are walking into town and they're gonna put the head back on and we get bart saying if you still want to tear me apart that's fine but i was just a sunday school student that got in over his head or whatever. <laughs> and uh, here's the thing uh-oh <laughs> so they forgive him Bart puts the head back on. Yep. Our first hint that Mr. Smithers, is, that Wayland Smithers is gay, we get an I love you, Smithers, and from Mr. Burns. Right. And, and Smithers goes, the feeling is more than mutual, sir. <laughs> so it's like kind of, that's probably our first hint at that. Well, that he's, at least he's in love with Burns. Yeah. <laughs> yes. He's a, yes. He's a Burns asexual, as yes. they've said. <laughs> but there's no reason... For the town to forgive Bart. Yeah, not really. really. They don't reprimand him at all at this point. Bart doesn't really... That, Bart just kind of sets the head back on. Yeah, so they don't like, like it makes fix sense. it. They need to like solder it or something. <laughs> I think it makes sense that the head kind of falls off in the beginning of the credits now. Yes, because it's just set on just there. sets it on. There is an alternate version of this ending. Oh, is there really? Mm-hmm. And in the alternate version, Bart makes the case that they never really understood that they cared so much about the head until... The head was taken. The head was gone. Interesting. So you don't really know that you love something that much until it's gone. It's that saying. Now... Apparently, they had to put that into the original episode because the FCC required at the time that there be at least 28 seconds of educational content in every animated show. I don't know what has been educational about in 28 seconds about any of the prior episodes, but apparently there wasn't anything educational about this episode. Interesting. But it was only when it first showed. So, like, our DVD doesn't have that. Maybe it's on there, like, as an alternate cut or something like that. But that's not how the episode actually goes. Right. But, uh, I don't know. Maybe we can find it on YouTube and see what that was like. Well, that's my story. And if you still want to tear apart this young Sunday school student as he stands on the brink of salvation... I await your wrath, but I'd like to add one thing. It wasn't until I removed the head of Jebediah Springfield that we realized we were taking our heritage for granted. That was a crime, too. One I think we are all guilty of. 
Yeah, the hey, kid's got us there. Got a point there. And I know that I'll always feel an inner shame far greater than any punishment you could dish out. Far, far greater. Far, 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 far greater. Oh. Somehow I don't feel like killing anymore. Neither do I. Yeah. Forgive me, sir. No problem, Bart. That's the the end of the episode. The end of the episode is Bart and like the the town is kind of surrounding the statue, I guess, and singing Kumbaya or whatever. And Homer and Bart leave, and and I do love Homer's last parting words, which is "Good going, son." But remember, most lunch mobs aren't this nice. Right. So like <laughs> he does like it's a it's a tale of things. I, there's to come. there's your learning part of this yeah. this episode. Yeah. <laughs> lunch mobs aren't nice. Okay, got it. And the episode ends with Bart learning learning a lesson. I don't know what the lesson really was. That popularity isn't everything. Yeah, I guess it is like don't do something stupid just to be popular. Yeah, don't go against what you th- he got. He went against his gut on that one, I think, as well, because it was like right. The stuff was telling him that these guys aren't really that good, considering they were shoplifting and doing all yeah. of that stuff breaking the rules and he was just like but i want to be popular and so he went against his gut and did something bad which made him feel guilty which i mean that's a good thing at least he has some type of moral but (laughs) that's kind of what he learned from it i would think right and i think that is the lesson that a lot of people a lot of the folks at home i mean not the folks at home i think the folks at home are the the smart percentage they're probably a bit more clever yeah yeah but like there's a lot of uh youtubers tiktokers uh, snap chatter i don't know whatever the kids are doing nowadays <laughs> that could take that because like there's so many dipshits out there that do stupid crap just to like to be popular and get attention and be popular and yeah it's unfortunately it works a lot of the time yeah um, but it does. it's a lesson to be had so rachel what did you think overall about the telltale head <sighs> <laughs> take your time we got all day Shut up, Kevin. <laughs> uh, I think the Telltale Head is is an okay uh, episode. I It's not like one of my favorites, but I do like it. I think it has like a lot of moments in it, which is nice. I don't know. I don't know what to say. I really don't know what to say. I think I liked I mean, it. I liked it. I liked it. I wrote my final thoughts just are, I can see why it's well remembered. Yeah. Especially for the time. It's Bart-centric. There is a little lesson. That's true. It does have the little lesson and everything. I do like it. I do like this episode. I don't think there's a lot of jokes in it. No. But I can see why it's well remembered. Right. It does just feel like a story more so than like joke after joke type of episode. Like when we get to the end of the season and we rank them, maybe a spoiler alert could be like, I probably have this in the middle somewhere. Yeah, I was thinking middle. I was thinking middle. Because I think there are a couple that we could definitely put at the end of that list. So. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, very much so. Uh, Yeah, but see, is there anything else? Um, So the sign, uh, a sign gag that, that we didn't talk about, Space Mutants 4, the subtitle for Space Mutants 4 is The Trilogy Continues. So there's another, like, subtle joke. Yep. Space Mutants for the, the trilogy continues. <laughs> and Bart recognizes Jimbo because he's the worst kid in school. So again, it's another thing where, like, you get popular by being a jackass. Sure. Which... Or at least you're just, like, known. Even if you're the the worst, you're very well known. 
Oh, and uh, I should also point out that this was the first episode uh, with Tress McNeil doing voice acting because she did Dolph and the Sunday School Teacher in this episode. And Tress McNeil would do the voices of different characters here or there. A lot of the teenagers she would do, but she she does Mrs. Skinner. She does Agnes Skinner. Okay. So that's probably her her best. That's her best work. Is, I would think so, Agnes. Yes. We'll get to her. Uh, but she does like different people here and there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that will do it for the Telltale Heads. Oh, come on. What? We've got, we have at least the damn... All right. All right, folks. We, we're out of time again. We'll be back. I don't know if we'll be back in Springfield next time, but we'll be back again. Thank, thank, thanks for coming. Yeah, thank you. want to believe there's a good and there's a bad and that and that my microphone fell i heard that one (laughs) testing